All right. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for another wonderful edition of the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And I'm just checking in on you. Checking in to see how your week's going. If you're not just listening to audio, if you're watching the video, you know, I'm not, I'm not this kind of vain person. I don't just film myself for the sake of showing you my bald, freckled Charlie Brownhead. Not at all. That means I have a special guest, somebody that I admire, somebody that I'm a huge fan of. Uh, I've known this guy forever. We have the one and only, the legendary Mr. Jim Florentine. Jim, how you doing? Thanks for having me, Bill. I appreciate it. Yeah, Jim has a new special. Let's get the promo out of the way. He's got a new special called Bite the Bullet on Amazon Prime. By the way, you see that guy's fucking yacht? Unbelievable. Uh, and he has a new, uh, the guy runs Amazon. Yeah. Uh, the new uh, Terrorizing Telemarketers, Volume 7, Volume 7, Volume 7, wherever music is available. And he also has a wonderful show on Ozzy's Boneyard called? Um, yeah, it's just Jim Florentine's show. It used to be Metal okay. Midgets, but. Uh, yeah. You can't say midgets anymore. All right. Metal little Some, people. It's like a relationship with this woke shit. You got to meet them halfway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can't just go, no, I'm not doing anything. So yeah, you kind of have to meet. You can meet them a little, just a little. Yeah. Just, not little know, in a bad way. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> you got to get in trouble. Like five again. steps. I'll go five steps before I'll be like, nope. I'll give you five steps. All right. I have to tell you something. I got to admit something here with your, your terrorizing telemarketers. And the shit that you do, dude, it's so fucking awkward. I have to, like, shut it off sometimes. <laughs> like, there was a video on the Internet where he goes into a restaurant. And before, like, they even come over, you're going to ask for more pepper. Yeah. And it's just like, you tell everybody at the table. I just let you know, it's just going to get really awkward. And the guy starts putting pepper on this fucking piece of fish. And he go, they go through, like, four pepper mills. It gets to the point... You can't even see the fish anymore. And you're like, yeah, I still, I, I, I still need more pepper. <laughs> and you never break. And there's this fucking mountain of pepper on this fish. <laughs> and you think the joke's over. And he turns it over to do the other side. Yeah, go, yeah can, you, can you start on this side now? I mean, it was. I can't believe they didn't just at some point just say, we're not doing this. It was weird. I don't know. It was, it was in Hell's Kitchen at some restaurant, like the Spanish restaurant. We went in. We just figured we are going to do it. And then it got to the point where they ran out of pepper mills because there was no... So they were like chopping up in the back and they were just putting it in bowls and coming out with these little bowls and just dumping it on. And I had my hidden camera guys, this little guy with a pen behind his ear. I go, go in the kitchen because we heard him pounding in there. I go, see what's going on. And he, I go, just say you're looking for the bathroom. And he got the shot and then pounded. He's like, yeah, well, the guy likes a lot of pepper. I don't know. We're just going to put it in bowls. And they were coming out and dumping it on but I, I said i go it's going to ruin the joke if everyone starts talking at the table the awkwardness of everybody is sitting there minding their own business and complete silence because you just hear the pepper how turning do you, how do you like how do you keep a straight face like because I, I, i've been lying to women for years <laughs> you know when you lie and you don't fucking break character it's easy if it's a good lie, if it's no, fucking know. ridiculous i don't know i had that uncanny ability of just being dry and just uh, stone face and once in a while, I'll break. You know, once in a while, if the camera's on, I'll break. But usually, I could, I can. I Whatever can happened moment. on the Carol Burnett show back in the day, you were the absolute opposite. Where they used to just start cracking up during the middle. You, like that other one that you, you and uh, I don't know who else was on that thing. Um, when you hold on a second, I got. Let me put my brother on. Oh the yeah, phone. Don Jameson. Yeah, he's my oh, uh, partner my in crime. Oh my god. Yeah, we just hand the phone back and forth. Yeah, this lady, some salesperson, you're going to buy something, and right as she would try to like 
close the deal, you'd go, hang on, let me, let me put my brother on the phone. And then he would talk and get her all set. Hang on, let me put my brother on the phone. And you guys must have done that like 40 fucking times. I'll tell you, that's one time I did break because it was a phone, it was a telemarketer call and me and Don were looking at each other like this far away, me and you. And like, hold on, let me put my brother on the phone. I handed it back and I started laughing because I looked at him laughing. So I, we, and we, I hung up and I'm like, what the, I go, you broke first. He goes, no, you did. We were arguing. I go, you can't fucking break character. So when someone called back, we were back to back we stood back to back so we couldn't look at each other we're passing the phone behind our shoulder like this because i couldn't look him in the face he couldn't look at me and that's how we did that call and i could feel his back shaking and i'm shaking but i wouldn't look at him because i was gonna break and that's how we, we nailed that call in like the second one dude i mean that thing is a masterpiece like i was <laughs> i played that for so many goddamn people hold you can look that one up hold let me put my brother on the phone I mean, I can't, lost count of how many times you guys say, and the people just fucking just hanging in there. Um, I don't know. Your ability like, to do that stuff, you are like a master. And I, what I always love is it starts with the most simplest idea, and then the levels of comedy become so complex. And to the point, like, there's sometimes I just stop laughing because I'm just appreciating, <laughs> like... <laughs> the depth of the comedy and like, like how are these guys not fucking laughing you know who's a big fan of that Verzi me and Paul Verzi like he sends me your shit I'll send him uh, some shit and we just start fucking cracking up laughing it's like the amount of times we like back in the day before he started you know blowing up and selling tickets and shit we would be on the road and we would just put you and Don Jameson on and just sit there fucking crying laughing and then, like, afterwards, like, the second level of laughs was talking about, like, how do you not laugh through that? And then quoting all the lines. So, um, I, you know, totally recommend the new Terrorizing Telemarketers, Volume 7. Dude, there's a track on there. It's called Fiance. It's 18 minutes and one second long where this guy's calling about to get me some mortgage. And I go, I, I, I go, can you hold on? I got food, um, food coming at the door. I got a food order. He goes, yeah. And Don Jameson picks up. He's like, hello? He's like, yeah. He goes, uh, he goes you just talked to my roommate? He goes, because I told the guy, yeah, I'm getting married. I need a mortgage. I'm getting married in two weeks. I go, let me, oh, there's a knock at the door. So Don goes, yeah. He said, did he tell you he's getting married? And the mortgage guy goes, yeah. He told me he's getting married in two weeks. He's looking for a mortgage. He goes, yeah. He goes, I, I don't know if he should marry her. And he, the guy's like, yeah, look, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to sell a guy a mortgage. I'm just letting you know I'm his roommate. And uh, I had a affair with her like a week ago. And and the guy's like, whoa. He's like, yeah. And he's like, and Don's like, listen, I don't know how to tell him. And and all of a sudden he goes, oh, he's coming back now. He goes, can you tell him for me, please? All right, here, hold the phone. Here. And I get back and I go, hello. I go, you just talking to my roommate? He goes, yeah, yeah. I go, okay, cool. And he goes back into his pitch. He doesn't want to tell me. And then Don picks up. I go, hello. He goes, yeah. He goes, uh, I go, I'm on the phone. He goes, okay, did he tell you? I go, tell, tell me what? He goes, he didn't tell you? I go, what were you supposed to tell me, sir? And he breaks it to me. Oh, that, my God. You got to hear it. It's 18 minutes long. This guy's trying to counsel us, and we're just, I'm like, you know, Don's like, well, she was really hot. What was I going to do? And the guy's like, you don't do that to your, your roommate. He's like, she's like a nine and a half. <laughs> you got to hear it. How do you it. fucking come? And, and it, you guys were, like, right next to each other, and you're yeah, not? Yeah, not breaking. At one point, he goes, I, do, I really thought this was a prank call. Obviously, it's not. And he's counseling us like a therapist. Like, why would you do that to your friend i'm like should i still be a, his friend he's like no and don's like can i still come to the wedding <laughs> it's you got it the level of it, it it's the most uncomfortable how did, like, prank call this. of all time how the fuck do people because i remember with like the jerky boys after a while like frank rizzo's voice was so and that character was so iconic i i think it became difficult for them to get people where your voice i mean i think is so distinguishable but you still 
uh, you, you got like that underground thing still that you can still get. Like, I would just think that they would be like, that's oh, fucking Jim Florenty. One out of 10 calls, I'll get that. I know who this is. Dude, I'm a fan. Oh. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and I get busted. I'm like, I'd hang up. They got me. <laughs> so one out of 10, they'll recognize my voice. All right. But other than that, they don't know. I don't know. It's just, you know, people random calling. I guess they know my voice. So it's great. Dude, you're the only guy that has that voice. You've been fucking with these people for 20 years. Easily, for 20 years, I've been doing it. I, I remember we were editing the, the new album in my kitchen, and my son, who's 12, and his friend was over. He's like, Your you, son is 12? Yeah, he's like, you guys are so immature. That was coming from 12-year-olds for guys in their 50s. I'm like, we're onto something. Yeah, he just turned 12. Let me, when in, like, you must have been just doing this just for the fuck of it when you were a kid. I was, because I was always grounded. You know, I was right. always in trouble. I went to Catholic school. It was just causing problems constantly. All right. For younger people out there, a, before there was like Star 69, you used to be able to you'd do that. And you could like trace a call like you used to just call up and prank call people was just like something you did when your parents were at home. And uh, like there was people that had it like to like an art form. And my thing was I would always, always start laughing. I just was I don't know what it was like. I just thought fucking with people was the funniest thing ever and like you know if we were in school and we started fucking with the teacher i was always the guy that just started cracking up laughing it was just like my favorite <laughs> thing ever um like as much as i made people laugh i wasn't really a class clown because i always thought to get your stripes as a class clown you had to have two things the ability to keep a straight face and also not give a fuck if you got sent down the office like you just didn't give a shit yeah and like i was a funny guy in class but i wasn't like to the level of these like you know, these guys always get in detention and getting suspended. Like, my parents would have killed me. So I, I kind of stayed in my lane. And when the first time I started hearing recordings, crank anchors and all that stuff, I was like, oh, this guy, this guy is like, you know, like, I remember like as, as a class clown when you went to summer school, that was almost like an all-star team of class clowns and fuck-ups. Yeah. Where all of a sudden I was like, man, I, I thought it was funny. <laughs> this is like the big leagues. Like, these guys are like given the teacher shit and a few of them like cursed in class and i was just like whoa like what is this it was all of a sudden like oh my god this is a hundred mile an hour fastball i'm not ready for this so i kind of like you know i kind of kept my sh mouth shut i would always be laughing and shit but like uh i i couldn't hang with like the big dogs or something like that so that's what i love about the stuff that you do um is it reminds me of all that and i can totally see like like who you are. So uh, I also want to promote uh, your special here before I get too in deep with this other stuff. Uh, Bite the Bullet on Amazon. Where did you shoot it? And uh, Fairfield Theater in Fairfield, Connecticut. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it was a, like 700-seat theater. It looks amazing. It's perfect. Shot it for super cheap. Don't, tell, what don't I, tell Amazon. It's super cheap. Well, they, they you know. Yeah, whatever. But, <laughs> but I, yeah, so the two shows that I basically, you know, got attendance paid for the special, which is insane, which, you know, eight years ago I shot one for, you know, almost 200 grand. All right. They, they finally made some backyard equipment for the, the star of a spaghetti western. Solo stove, huh? Are you that bad boy James Dean character that comes in town and wants to feel warm by a fire? but doesn't want to have to fucking strike a couple of pieces of flint together? Um, solo stove. You know, there's something special about fall that brings us closer together. 
And with the smokeless fire pit from Solo Stove, creating those moments is easier than ever. Enjoy all the warmth and comfort of a fire pit, plus portability, quick setup, and cleaning, and best of all, no smoke. Summer may, uh, summer may get all the excitement, but nothing beats the great outdoors during the fall. Make the most of your outdoor time this season with Solo Stove's smokeless portable fire pits that are easy to set up and clean. And right now it's October, right? Fucking Halloween's coming up. You make some pumpkin bread. You take your wife out there. You get the fire going. She eats a couple of sweets. Maybe she wants an eclair for fucking dessert, if you know what I mean. Um, why is your dick an eclair? Because there's cream inside. Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> make most of your outdoor time this season with Solo Stove's smokeless portable fire pits that makes it uh, very easy to clean and set up. Upgrade your backyard with a Solo Stove fire pit and create story-worthy moments without fireside fumes. Stainless steel construction designed to regulate airflow and burn more, more efficiently. So little smoke, you'll, you'll wonder if there's even a fire. Uh, solo stove fire pits are bril brilliantly engineered. Gee, be help if I could fucking read, huh? To be easy to use and they're built to last. Prepare for your best outdoor memories yet and save big during the solo stove uh, fall event. Plus use promo code BURR at solostove.com for an extra $10 off. And if you act now, they'll add a little person in there to light it for you. Um, that's solo <laughs> solostuff.com I don't know why I picture him coming in with a little top hat promo just it, you know like you know when they send a ship off when they fucking crash the, uh, the the champagne bottle they have a little person come in with a little fucking flick and he lights it you know and then sings something from the Gershwin catalog uh, that's solostove.com promo code Burr for $10 off on the top of the fall on top of the fall event deals hurry the fall ends November 10th uh, it's a great thing to get if you watch college football outside with your flat screen as the months start to get a little colder. Well, I think, uh, I don't know, I think the stuff that you're doing, like you have like just like three things that I love. Prank calls, stand-up comedy, and then your show on Ozzy's Boneyard. And I always, like, I, like I'm, you know, I'm an 80s kid, so I'm always putting that on. And I just recently saw... Uh, there's a new documentary on Randy Rhodes, which I find just to be uh, his whole career and the whole uh, guitar player scene out here in the Valley in the 70s and 80s to just be like, this is never ending, like fascinating story. And what this documentary communicated, really, it showed how long he was in, Randy was in um, Quiet Riot. Uh, before he got the gig with Ozzy and uh, and how like how Randy was like the, the the shredder in Burbank and Eddie Van Halen was like the shredder in Pasadena and like one time they actually did a show together I'm just thinking like I cannot fucking believe that like two guys that good at guitar were like that would be like you know where I grew up was a big hockey town and it would be like yeah two towns over is this guy Wayne Gretzky and in my town we got this guy Mario Lemieux and you would watch them unfamous like going up going against each other um like that whole scene out here um I really found fascinating and I was telling you before that uh um Randy's mother started this school of music out here in 1949 and it's still here in the valley I drove by it it was like and like Randy took like lessons there and stuff like 
like the um i don't know if that would be a, a good thing for you to talk about on like your show but i was know you've been to a bunch of shows so i was wondering did you ever see randy did you ever see Ozzy? five times i met randy like three times how <laughs> i'm just i'm a lucky fuck because well, i had two older brothers that were like five and six years older than me. So they would just take me to concerts. My parents would let them take me. So I was going to concerts when I was like 11, 10 years old, 14. So you must have gone in, eight, he only toured with Ozzy, eight, 81, 82. Yeah, I saw the show three nights in a row when I was living down in Florida at the time. And I would wait outside the venue. I, did, I cut school and I went, the venue was like three miles from my house. I walked to the venue uh -huh. and hung, waited outside for, for, Oz, for the band to come. I like two in the afternoon, so Randy pulls up in a taxi. I start talking to him for like 10 minutes before he goes in the venue. I go, hey, man, can I go see the sound check? I was at the show last night. He's like, oh, man, I'd like to get you in, but I can't. Then they did a record store appearance. I met Randy. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What was he like? He was cool. He was just a tiny. Oh, he weighed like 100 pounds, He right? was like 5'2", maybe 100 pounds. I mean, almost like anorexic. Well, you see Ozzy would fucking pick, just oh, grab one like leg and just up. pick him up. Yeah, I mean, super tiny, but super nice. You know, and I met him at a, um, a, uh, a record store appearance. Ozzy would always have the band there to sign. So I got his autograph. I got a picture with. Not, I'm not actually in the picture with him. I go, Randy, can I get a picture? And he's like this. I'll show you the picture after the show. And he's got his thumbs up. And I took it. He was behind the counter. I gave it to Rudy Sarzo. I'm friends with Rudy. He's like, dude, I never saw this picture. I go, yeah, it was on my friggin' camera roll. But um, I, yeah, oh, I saw him. I he's saw him. like the nicest guy. I met him a couple of times. Rudy's the best. Super, super, And that was like nice Randy's guy. best friend. And that's a, Randy got Rudy in the band at, at one point. But uh, yeah, so I wound up seeing him five times. I was in the front row for like three of them because it was general mission back then. Ozzy wasn't a big draw when he was when he had Blizzard of Oz when that first came out when Randy was in the band. He was doing like 1,500 people, 1,000 people. Because he was probably considered like a dinosaur where like that was before like you got to think like the Rolling Stones as much as they were considered old. They were like in their late 30s when when he started his, his solo project. Um, and like he was probably considered like is Sabbath considered a 60s or 70s band? 70s, 70 to 78, pretty much they were. But no, he was 31, and they considered him washed up when as Sabbath threw him out in like 79. Because you were back then, right? You, he you, really you, thought he was washed up. Everyone like they started. Remember, remember 20 years ago, every comic doing jokes about the Rolling Stones being old and wearing diapers on stage or whatever. Like, and they're still going strong now. It, they're not even old anymore. Like no one makes that joke anymore. Matt Jagger's still out there at 80, freaking working a stage. I'm like a maniac. Yeah, well, that's what I always felt with like Aerosmith. Like Aerosmith was never viewed as old because the Stones were always ten years older than them. So they got to be like no one ever said Aerosmith's getting older. I feel until like now when they they you know hits like like I know Steven Tyler's maybe seventy or seventy two, but like I some friends of mine just saw them in Fenway Park. I'm like, dude, they sound fucking better than ever. Like, absolutely destroyed. I was just like, fuck, I would have loved to have seen them at Fenway because I saw them at the Boston Garden um, in 1989, December 31st, 1989, like the last day of the 80s on the pump tour and uh, Skid Row opened up with Sebastian Bach, just fucking An animal. Just, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And that guy, uh, Snake on guitar. Yeah, Snake Sabo. Oh, my God. Like, they just fucking ripped. And then Aerosmith came out, and they had this really cool, like, Boston, like, subway thing that they kind of came out. I vaguely remember that. And uh, we did the countdown with them. Like, I spent New Year's with fucking, you know, uh, with, with Aerosmith at the Boston Garden. And I was just like, I, I thought I was, like, the luckiest kid 
in the world. And I mean, dude, I was like fucking, you know, they, they played at one end of the arena and I was like sort of mid-level, like behind what the goaltender would be at the opposite end of the ice. Okay. And uh, I still remember that show was just fucking like amazing. And I, I think that, you know, all of those bands like blazed the trail for like bands like U2. Like, why can't they keep going? Why can't all these other people just kind of keep going? Or like guys like Bob Dylan and all of that. Why can't they, why can't you just keep going? I remember Keith Richards had like the best um, answer when somebody said like, well, how long are you going to do this? And he just laughed. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, I'm a musician. He goes, this is what I do. And he's like, I would do this in front of five people. He goes, I love it. And the guy goes, you love it that much, huh? He goes, oh yeah. He goes, he goes, when I open a guitar case and I just smell the guitar, he goes, I want to crawl in and close the lid. <laughs> I was just like, wow. And he just said it with like such a love and passion and this big smile on his face. And it was just like, how do you fuck with that? Like, you, you, like at that point, you're just mad because a guy found what he loved and he's enjoying right. himself. I, 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 um, I don't know. That's, um. It's almost like stand-up. Like, you know, I, I always thought, like, when I'm in my early 40s, I go, maybe I'll do it till like, I'm maybe early 50s, and then I'm done. And, mm-hmm. and then I'm, now I'm at 50s. I'm like, I love it. I love it even more. Like, yeah. I don't even know when. I thought I was going to stop at some point. I could see myself, if some club will take me at 73, 74, still performing. And I'll tell I'm you. I'm like, what else am I going to do? I, I have a more appreciated now than ever. Right. And I'll tell you the guys that don't enjoy it. There's just like the guys that resent the younger people coming up, like there's nothing that's going to suck your fucking life force. Like it's like, dude, there's there's nothing you can do about that. I love watching new comics come yeah. up, up and coming and, and breaking and stuff like that. I never got jealous. Even back in the day when we started, I was like, there's going to be 500 channels. Everyone, there's room for everyone. I ne- I remember when Sue Costello got her first deal. Mm-hmm. She was she had that sitcom for a little while about Fox. All the New York comics were like, oh, man, well, she doesn't deserve it. I go, they weren't <laughs> looking for you. They were looking for a fucking female. I know, that's so funny. Like a guy yeah. bitch, bitching about her like, oh, were they going to give it to yeah, you? Yeah, was it up to you and Sue when they gave it to <laughs> Sue when they did decide, okay, it's good. I remember that. I'm like, who cares? They weren't looking for you. They were looking for her. Do you know what my, and I'll tell you too, like my goal in this fucking business was to be in at the improvs and sell them out. That's yeah. all, that, like, that's how, like the biggest comics when we started out, that's all they were doing. There was a few guys like Cosby and Carlin and uh, maybe Stephen Wright. I'm trying to think that the people like, I remember like Carlin would play, uh, Ah, fuck, what's that gig up in New Hampshire? It's this classic old rock venue that, like, Zeppelin played. Um, old Orchard Beach, maybe? And there was, uh, there's just this venue up there. This great fucking venue. There's, like, no air conditioning. And I, always, right. I would always get booked there in the summertime. to be sweating, just feeling like a real fucking, like, showbiz guy. Like, you're up there, James Brown, sweating like that, even though you're just standing there telling shit jokes. Uh, and uh, the only reason why you're sweating is because there's no AC. But, like, there was a few, like, I remember, like, I remember doing like uh, uh, this guy, Bob Marley had some uh, hell room up there, like the second floor of a bar that you do stand up. And uh, we were both, I remember talking to him about that. Like, man, Carlin's down the street. He's playing in front of 700 fucking people. Can you imagine that? And dude, he just comes in and he does New Hampshire and then he fucking leaves. It was just like, there was nobody like that. And then there was like TV stars, like like all those uh, in living color guys. Yeah. Like when they came to town, they played the comic. They did six shows, sold out at uh, at at, uh, at Faneuil Hall at, at the Comedy Connection. It was just like holy shit! 
or like Brian Regan would come in and, and do the club. Like that whole doing theaters, like that was like some Steve Martin bow and arrow through your head, like like right. Mania. That was rare. You're right. That yeah, was rare. like he had like when he had the white suit with the bow and arrow and the banjo, and it was just like, oh my god. But but like, you know, or dice. They would like there was these occasional like Eddie Murphy just juggernauts. But Eddie had stopped too. Yep. At that point, uh, who knew he wasn't going to uh, come back? But um, there just there just wasn't that when we were uh, when we were coming up. So I don't know what my fucking point is. I, I just, just I remember just... I remember a lot of comics that were around that were around for a while. The veterans, the headliners, when we were coming up, they were all jealous of us. They they were so miserable because we were up and coming and stuff like that. That yeah. and you still those guys that are still around, they're still they're still jealous after all these years. I'm like, who cares? Let that shit, yeah. they would get so mad that we started doing well because me, me and Norton were good friends. We were roommates, and Norton was killing in front of them. They're like, take that joke out, take that. You're too dirty. <laughs> These fucking Jersey guys, they're filthy. We get all that shit. So, and they would t- try to take our weapons away and be mad. I'm like, hey, if you're the headline, you got to fucking deal with whatever's on in front of you. I would, that's why I never told the comic what to do before me. I don't care if you do the fucking arms in front of me. Whatever you got to do, I go, I got to do my job. So, like, I never worried about it because all these headlines. What are the arms? Remember, they get be, remember the guy who would get up on stage, some, some from the crowd get behind him with the arms. He goes, so I'm driving, oh, and God. I'm smoking a joint, and they're behind them, holding them. Oh, you yeah, You never saw yeah. that? Oh, oh it was yeah, the biggest yeah, yeah. hack bit. It would kill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was every, I love that bit. I know, but every comic would close with it, and you couldn't right. follow it. I, I, I had to uh, scratch my crotch, and it had a girl, you know, oh, and she would go close to it or whatever, and the crowd would go nuts. Oh, my God. And it was like nine co- headliners when I first started had that, you know, the closing bit as the arms. <laughs> <laughs> and then they would get mad when guys are doing original material and killing, you know, before them. But like I said, I don't get jealous. I love that all these uh, up-and-coming comics are doing well. No, you want somebody to make you fucking work. And then there's another thing, too, is like, you just have to understand, like, every generation has to have their bands, their comedians, and all that. Just be fucking cool. Fucking help them out. And then you know what? You'll get to play their grandfather in something, and you'll, you'll get SAG insurance in your 60s. Who gives a fuck? Exactly. None of us have real jobs. These aren't real jobs. We're I, just fucking around here. I always tell people, I go, if you're not a dick in this business, and if you're in it long enough, you're going to get stuff. Just don't be a dick. There's yeah. going to be a few people you're going to tell off, but as long as you're not dead, people, well, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to give that guy something. Yeah, he's a good dude, whatever. No, but you like also that. have to do what you do, where you, you've, you're uh, one of those guys, like most of my friends, I feel like all of us like created opportunities by like nobody said, hey, you should, you should record these prank phone calls. You just started doing it. You started putting them out and all of that stuff. I was just had, you know, Joe List on here, and we were just talking about that as far as like, uh, you know, he had an idea for a movie and he got together with Louis C.K. and they sat down, they wrote it, they cast it, they shot it, and they fucking put it out. And, like, that's, I don't know. And, I mean, unless you look like fucking Brad Pitt. <laughs> and what comic does? <laughs> who, who does? I mean, that guy's, like, pushing 60. He still has abs. He's still fucking gorgeous. My wife would walk away from me in, fr- in front of me if she fucking saw him. And it's just like, you know, those people... Um, and there's another thing, too, is, you know, I've done a couple of movies now, and I've, I've worked with a few of those fucking people that I like that. And I'm telling you, dude, they are just another level of good looking. And you, you're looking at body parts you never look at. Like, I right. remember Sandra Bullock. I remember her forearms were beautiful. Really? Like, she was just holding <laughs> the drugs. I was like, those are the most beautiful forearms I've ever seen in my life. It's just like, they're just different. They're just like movie stars. I, there's been like... Uh, 
I did a table read one time with oh my god, I just I just spaced on his name. The guy from fucking uh, Knight Rider. Uh, Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff. I did a I did a table read. I was maybe gonna get a part, and then I did did the table read. They're like, yeah, fuck this guy, yeah, yeah. dude. I sat next to that guy, dude. Uh, one of the top ten most beautiful looking guys. Chiseled I, chin, I, I, right? On like, if right. you couldn't draw a better looking guy, right? <laughs> like he's he's got like the fucking the curly hair that just doesn't thin at all. He's got the fucking jaw with the little dimple in it. The fucking chest. He was tall. He smelled good. Like I was just like, I was just like, this guy is like, just like chiseled. It's just like, I totally get why this guy's here, why this guy's keep keeps fucking working. And then like, you just feel like this troll, like you should be dragging a leg when you, when you come in. So I always tell people like, listen, man, you know, if you don't look like these people and then, and what's funny about them though, is after they're in it for a while, like they still have to. Like what I love about Brad Pitt is he could have he could have just been the good looking guy, and like he's like one of the like low key one of the best fucking character actors out there. Like he's like uh, um, I'm trying to think like dude that 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 uh, what was that Tarantino? I'm so bad remembering the names of movies. True Romance. Uh, True when he Romance. plays the stoner on the couch. Yep. When he played the serial killer and with the one the David Duchovny in movie. Seven. When he played in Seven. Yeah. When he played in um, um, the, the Nazi killer one, the Tarantino one. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, whatever the fuck that one was called. Uh, fuck you, Rudolph Hess. What was it called? Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. Moneyball. When he was, when he, he was, was act like he could yeah. speak German and then he couldn't. He was fucking hilarious. Uh, those uh, lock stock and seven smoking Two smoker bar- barrels. Whatever the, did yeah. That. Yeah, 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 he did all Snatch. the Ocean's Eleven. Snatch, Snatch. sorry. That's it. Yeah, Snatch, yeah. Yeah. No, he could easily went the romantic comedy route and did 10 of them, um, those cookie cutter ones, because he's the good looking dude. He never went that way. And then I think uh, that... Um, uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, him and Leonardo DiCaprio, like, yeah. like that's like my favorite performances, and I love all of their shit. But like, when I, I watched the movie, I saw that three fucking times. I just went, to, kept going to movies. I, I just fucking love this movie. I love the cars. I love the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the Tarantino reduced. You know, Manson family had like this aura about him, and Tarantino reduced him to a bunch of hippie shitheads who didn't want to get a job. I know, I know. And it's like, I was looking back, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of like what they were. And they really were stupid. And they <laughs> followed this fucking idiot. And then they went out and they actually destroyed beautiful people's lives. And this woman who had this whole career ahead of her. And like, you know, I'm a dumb guy. So it took me like three times of watching it to like really fucking see his message in that. And I thought like... uh and one of my favorite things in that, I got to see it for a fourth time, <laughs> is I don't think anybody says hippie without saying fucking hippie. It's always fucking hippies, bunch of fucking and hippies. Hippie. Yeah, when he's right. got the fucking margarita mix. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And he has a thing yeah. and he's sipping on it. He's like, what is that? <laughs> bunch of fucking goddamn hippies or whatever. I was just like, I, I, I absolutely, uh, there's so many subtle, uh, like the humor in his movies is incredible, but uh, let's uh, let's. T- what let's- about in Pulp Fiction when um, Harvey Keitel comes over as the cleaner because mm-hmm. they shot the guy in the back seat and, he, and Tarantino's freaking out? Hey, my wife's gonna be home a little bit. You got coffee? I got coffee, and he gives a cup to Tar- uh, to Harvey Keitel, and Harvey goes, "Mmm," yeah. like it was just it's one of the mmm. There's a dead guy. They got to clean up. His wife, mmm. <laughs> no, that's that shit that like. That, that stuff, there's so much humor in, like, like he has really dark shit in his movies, but they're fucking hilarious. Like, I actually still, to this day, I think one of the greatest, like, uh, what is it, black comedy, dark comedy, whatever you call it, uh, gallows humor, is is, uh, is Goodfellas. 
Like the shit that they're doing. These guys were like sociopaths and they were fucking hilarious. My I watched, my son watched it the other, last week for the first time. He mm -hmm. said it was the greatest movie he's ever seen. And he's 12. He Because I, I didn't appreciate the humor because he's laughing at Pesci. Oh. The shit that he was saying, he's dying laughing. I'm like, you know what? I didn't even, like, I know it was funny, but I'm just like, and he's just told, because he knows him from, uh, what was the movie he did with, uh, what's the fuck? What is the lawyer? Oh, my cousin Vinny. Yeah, my cousin Vinny. So he loves Pesci from that. And I go, you got to see him in Goodfellas. I'm showing him mob movies. But I, 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 he's dying at the at the humor in it. It's so fucking funny. You know what's underrated? Everybody who quotes that movie, what's fucking underrated is when uh, Ray Liotta, rest his soul, when Henry Hill stands up, uh, Karen, for that second date and Pesci's acting like he gives a fuck no he really liked you man I mean, yeah. you should call him you know <laughs> just completely know. not giving a shit and uh, and then the way they played that scene when she comes up like who screaming you at him you are? and like how all the guys are like laughing like oh Whoa. shit and blah blah and you see him he's kind of smiling and, and like the way Ray Liotta played that where you could see he's attracted by like her fire and her passion and that she comes up and she doesn't take any shit. And all of a sudden he sees her in like this, like, and all of that, it, that's not in the dialogue. It's all like the look on his face. Um, yeah, man, it's a, it's like a fucking masterpiece. So, um, that was great when he shoots, uh, you know, junior, he's like, Hey, you killed him. I'm a, I'm a good shot. <laughs> I'm a good shot. What do you want from me? I'm a good shot. Yeah. What do we want from I'm a Well, good you're shot. digging the hole. What? Yeah, I, 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 like I've never dig a hole before. <laughs> I'll dig a hole on him. I'm a good shot. I'm a good shot. He just. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then what about Frankie Carbone? He's like, nice game, nice fucking game. Yeah. Like, like somebody, like somebody brought up politics or something. It's like he literally right. just murdered a guy. Yeah. yeah, nice game, nice fucking game. Um, do you have any uh, stand updates or anything like that that we can promote here? So I don't, uh, I don't forget to do this as I'm hackily looking. Yeah, I'll be at the Funny it. Bone in Omaha, Nebraska, October 14, 15. All right, I love, I love Nebraska. It's great, and uh, Hyenas Comedy Club, Fort Worth, Texas, November, like fourth and fifth all dates are on my website jimflorentine.com oh, all right good deal well you yeah. got uh I, I i just don't feel like i asked you enough music questions tell me I, we started talking on well randy Rhodes. yeah who, i mean i you know i well who of, else who else did you see with your older boy when was your first concert and who did you see i saw black i saw van halen on for black sabbath on their first tour van halen at Dude, Madison Square Garden. Fucking, where was I? You're not Madison that much Square older. No, I'm not, but I, I told you, my older brothers and my parents will let them take me. I saw Bon Scott. Did they blow Sabbath off the stage? No, they didn't, and that's a big myth, because the, the album, I, I even asked Naomi on that metal show one time, like, did they blow you off stage? She goes, no, they didn't. Their album was only out for about four months. I think it came out in, like, March. This was August, but there was only two songs playing on the radio, You Really Got Me and Running With The Devil. But weren't you also, like... You know, when Eddie broke, it was like, this guy sounded like he was from another planet. It, no, we, we got the album, me and my brothers, because like, oh, who's this band opening Van Halen? Let's go buy their album to see what they sound like. Oh, this, this band's good. But you know how they used to do it back in the day. The the headliner band would fuck with the opening band. They'd mess with their sound. They'd turn they'd it down. Yeah. They'd give them like 30 minutes or 35 minutes, and they would have a little part of the stage. And everybody was so stoned there, because that was when everybody just passed a joint down the row and everyone was just smoking. It was all Sabbath. Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, yeah. <laughs> it was just, that was the first time I smoked Pre -monkey weed. Pre-monkey pox. That was the first time I smoked weed at 14. Oh, you wanted to fit in. They were passing a joint, and I came to me and my brothers they looked at me like can i and he's like yeah go ahead and that was the first time i smoked weed at that show but did you get high did you oh do yeah right? i was fucked up 
but it didn't hit me till like three songs, like three songs left of Sabbath, which is good. I didn't get high right away. Fucking guy, you probably in that crowd shot from the song remains the same. You know what Madison Square Garden when they put the lights up and it's just nothing but hair. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you know back then people didn't know how to grow their hair out. They used to just let it go. They wouldn't layer it, so it'd be like it have to make it go down to here. It'd have to come out like this far. Like it just looked yep. like a bunch of Muppets. Who else did you see? I saw Bon Scott twice with ACDC. On what tours? Let There Be Rock and Highway to Hell? I saw, no, on Highway to Hell tour, two times. They, Def Leppard opened for them on Through the Night, their first record. I saw it. The so they had that, that Pete, what's his face? Pete the, Willis. Oh, my God. He was in the band, and, and uh, Highway to Hell just came out. Maybe it just came out, or, yeah, it came out. And then I saw ACDC open for Ted Nugent in 1979 at the Garden, which Joey Diaz was at the same show. I didn't know. And ACD, and Bond brought you know Angus out on his shoulders through the whole crowd. That was what Highway to Hell just came out like that week. So I saw uh, Bond twice. And they opened for who? They opened for Ted Nugent at the Garden, and then they did the Palladium. I was, was going to ask if they blew him off stage, but I know the answer to that, no. No, because, I mean, Ted AC, Nugent is just fucking... Uh, yeah, Ted in his prime was unbelievable. And, and, and ACC was just breaking in the States with Highway to Hell. Like, they didn't have... They, that was the album that put him over the top, started to put him over the top. Back, back in black, put him in arenas. But even Highway to Hell, it took a little time for that album to hit, and Highway to Hell started getting played on the radio. At the time before that, they didn't have any hits. Right. I, didn't even I, release. I, got, I bought a great uh, album of theirs. They got one live at the Paradise in Boston, which is the first place like uh, when when bands would come to Boston. Sting played there in the like the late seventies. U two played there, and uh, ACDC. Dude, it was this little fucking club. So it was with Bond. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. It's with Bond, and it's a live album. It's just fucking great, man. They just sound amazing and then it's sort of you know it's a bootleg but like legal now yeah and uh well it was it was the basically the wbc on the radio station recording i think and then somehow they worked it out so what they have for the cover of it is um outtakes from the highway to hell band photo album oh really yeah so um i forget when they took it uh when uh when it was recorded. I want to say it was before. Was there anything on Highway to Hell on the, on the live recording? I'll have to go back and look at it because my stereo's on the fritz. I, uh, some, I, I moved the stereo and I bent the fucking, the prong for the wire. So I, got, I haven't been listening to anything uh, lately. But um, all right. So here's Did you know that, the, wait, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap, that album? They didn't even put it out in the States. They didn't think it was any good. It was only available in Europe until Back in Black hit. That's when they put the album yeah, out for the first time. Yeah, they came out in 81. And I remember not understanding, like, why and is it was this... out in 70. I had the copy from 1978. My brothers had it when I was a kid. So we already had the bootleg copy of it. Well, they, it wasn't an album. In, in, it was in Australia. It was on, like, that was part of the high voltage. They had a TNT album, it was They had called. a TNT. They also had a Dirty Deeds, where Bond had a big, a, like, a character of him with a big oh, I uh, bought, forearm. When, when I went down to Australia, I bought all of those and for all my siblings on CD. Yeah, it was like a really bad drawing, too. Yeah, it was it's horrible. It's like him in with the striped thing, and, he, yeah. he's, and he's, you know, he's singing like this, and it's just like totally rubber. Yeah. Like, really, like, all right, whose sister uh, <laughs> like drew, drew this shit who's in, like, art school? Um, well, unfortunately, I got to go back, uh, finish up this fucking edit thing. I'm, I'm almost done here. Um, with, but dude, I got to tell you, uh, like I'm such a huge fan of you over the years. You're one of the best guys in this business, and I'm so happy for all your success. Uh, his uh, his new special is Bite the Bullet on Amazon Prime. He has a new Terrorizing Telemarketers, Volume 17, 18 minutes and one second. Yeah, a track called Fiance. If you listen to anything, just go to Fiance wherever you listen to music, and just okay. hear how un you were talking about uncomfortable. Okay. It's one of the saddest. It's just sad, the track. It's sad and evil is what it well, is. Well, I do love that the guy actually 
finally because a lot of times like you you would do shit and the guy still tries to make the sale like you would act like you had like mental issues oh yeah 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 i was drowning my grad drowned my grandfather in the tub because i was giving him a bath one time and he wouldn't shut up as the woman's giving me information i stick him under the water and i drown him and she's i I go he's not breathing she's like well you better call 911 i go what's the information real quick because i want to get this she goes right back into a pitch great. Uh, I used to do telemarketing <laughs> and I would have been one of those people that goes back into the pitch. Uh, the great Jim Florentine, everybody. Please enjoy the music coming up next. Picked by the wonderful Andrew Themelis. And we'll have a bonus episode of the Thursday afternoon just before Friday Monday morning podcast. Have a great weekend, you cunts. going on it's bill burr and it's the monday morning podcast for monday september 29th 2014 how the heck are you oh that's good you know it's always great to hear that you're doing well what are you doing right now on your monday morning huh you're driving through the fucking rain it's goddamn windshield wiping right trying to clear your fucking windshield so you can see that awful building that you hate going into you ever get the urge to just fucking keep driving right by it, you know? What if you don't make that left? What if you don't make that right? What if you just keep going straight? What would happen? What if you took your cell phone, you threw it out the fucking window, and you just kept going, and you didn't talk to anybody, and you just kept driving? You got a credit card on you, right? You got a debit card? You just keep fucking driving right up and over the hill, right past that fucking... Soul-eating goddamn place you work at. You just kept fucking going. Are you commuting right now? I want somebody to do it. Throw your cell phone out the fucking window. Just keep driving. I want to know how far you get and how long you can last. Before you come back with your bottom lip quivering because you realize that you don't know how to start a fire without a match. You ever think about that? You ever think about how stuck in the matrix you are as you drive to work on a fucking Monday morning? Why do I assume that all of you hate your jobs? Maybe you love your job. Maybe. Lady. Maybe. You, maybe you love it. Maybe you're like, like a job. I mean, think, I'll tell you some jobs that I think that I would actually, I would actually love. I would love uh, being a veterinarian. Oh, I don't know about that. Seeing animals in pain, but you can get them out of pain. Then you got to deal with the weird owners. I wouldn't mind some pet owners. I would be like the the owners that like, I don't know. They never found love. So now they love their cat. It could just be a really sad place, right? I think the first thing I would do if I was a vet would be, um, I would try to become some sort of specialist where I got to enter through the back of the veterinarian place and I never had to talk to the owners. You know, like I don't want to meet them. You know, kind of how like I handle people who advertise on this podcast. I never talk to any of them. And anytime they fucking complain, I just give them their money back and then that's it. But I I never get on the phone with them. 
my advertising person will call me, you know, send me an email and just be like, oh, they want to talk to you about your last read. Uh, do you have any availabilities this week? And I just say, no, I don't. What about next week? I, I, I don't foresee myself being available ever. If they didn't like the read, I understand it. I mean, forget about what I said derogatory about their product. How about the fact I can't even read their goddamn copy? You know, that alone. I just give them a full refund. There you go. One free, awful read for you, sir. Enjoy your goddamn whatever the fuck it is, your soliloquies, whatever the hell you're trying to sell. Get your soliloquies here. Um, well, if it makes you feel better, I feel like doing that sometimes too. I feel like just fucking, I don't know what I feel like doing lately. I've just felt like, uh, I don't know, going to Wyoming, you know? And talk to them real people that put them pants on one leg at a fucking time. You know, go out there, talk to some homophobic racists. You know, that, that think their neighbor got probed by a fucking alien. How about that for a nice change of pace? Get out there in the open road. Fucking run over something in a rental car. You don't even know what it is. You're so far out in the bush. You don't even know what that fucking animal was. If it wasn't on four fucking legs, you would have thought you hit somebody in a, in a bushy coat. I don't even know what I'm talking about. And you know what? I don't give a fuck because I just have to get through this thing this week. I just got to somehow babble for another goddamn hour so I can get on with my uh, I can get on with my day. Uh, what can I talk about here? Uh, oh, last week I mentioned that I was going back to Boston. Right? Going back to Boston for the springtime. Um, I was going to uh, go back and go to Derek Jeter's uh, last game at Fenway. And uh, what ended up happening was I, I ended up getting busy out here. And I, you know, this business, show business, it knows when you're going to go do something fun. Oh, wait a minute. He's going to go do something for himself. All right. So I didn't go back Friday. You know, I just, I'm just too fucking busy. So. I ended up uh, giving the tickets to a buddy of mine. And uh, this, the day I sent him out, all of a sudden, Jeter said he wasn't playing. And I got to admit, for the first time in his entire career, I was upset with the guy. I was like, now why the fuck would he do that? Everybody went out and spent all that extra money. You know, they want to pay their respects, blah, 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 blah. You wait till everybody buys their tickets, then out of nowhere. Oh, you know, I don't think I'm going to play one well, fucking last game. You know, I was acting like a fan, a selfish cunt. Fuck what you want to do, Derek Jeter. Do what I want you to do. End your career in a way that's convenient to me. I actually was doing that. Then I kind of watched the highlight of the Yankee game when he hit the walk-off, right? And I was just like, yeah. That's the way it should end. Why was I getting mad at him? That's exactly the way it should have ended. Kind of like Jordan. You hit that last second shot. Granted, it was for a championship. That's how it should have ended. He shouldn't have come back and played for the fucking Wizards. Right? And people were saying how Ted Williams hit that walk-off home run for the Red Sox, and then he sat out the last three games of the road trip. So uh, I guess he had a right to do that. But you know what? He ended up coming up anyways. I didn't even pay attention to it. I've, I, uh, I watched a little clip of it on the Internet, his last, uh, 
His last hit, he got an RBI chopper over the third baseman who was playing in. So I guess there was a runner in scoring position. The runner scored. He got an RBI against the Red Sox. I guess they gave him a nice ovation and all that type of shit. And uh, I don't know. Once he, once I read that he was tired, all the media and all of that type of crap, it's just like, you know what? Fuck that. This guy's been in the public eye for 20 goddamn years, okay? He doesn't owe anybody anything. If he, he wants to blow off the last couple of games, fuck it. You know? So... Whatever. I'm actually oddly sad and melancholy that that guy's career is over. I actually looked at Wikipedia to see if it already said Derek Jeter was a professional football player. Fortunately, it didn't. It still said is a professional baseball player because I guess he hasn't put in his retirement papers yet. Do you file those afterwards? I have no idea. But um, I don't know. But as cunty as I was for those like 24 hours when he said he might not play, um. Nobody could top the neediness of Keith Oberman this week. The way he fucking uh, finessed those stats. I've never seen a guy so desperate for fucking love and acceptance in my life. All I heard after like the first fucking minute of that Keith Oberman shit was this was a guy. He want he wants everybody to say about him what they're saying about Derek Jeter. And it's just like, dude, you're not that guy. All right. You had fucking ice-cold parents. They didn't hug you. So now you don't even know how to accept the love that you want. So you push it away. That's why you're getting fired every fucking six weeks. That's why you go on TV and you say stupid things like, Mr. President, shut your mouth. (laughs) Oh, my God. That guy redefines horse's ass. I can't believe anybody even watches that. He comes off like a fucking cartoon character. He w- Part of his criticism of Derek Jeter was he said he won four championships at the in his first five years, right? This is part of his criticism, that he won four championships his first five years. He goes, how many did he win <laughs> the last 14 years? He only won one. Oh, what a piece of shit. He only won five. And you know what? Actually, that was great criticism by Keith Oberman because a lot of people don't realize that. Not only did Derek Jeter play shortstop for the New York Yankees, he also was their GM. And he um, he made all those decisions to sign the Kevin Browns, to sign that $200 million fucking albatross that's been hanging around their neck, Alex Rodriguez. A-Rod, right? Now, those were all Derek's fucking decisions. Give me a fucking break. That was one of the, um, I don't know, it was pathetic. It was actually, he came off like a manager of a wrestler, and he was trying to sell a fight, so he was just arguing the other side. He was pulling like a Skip Bayless. Bayless? I couldn't even, I almost forgot his name halfway through it. You ever do that, and you start to forget the name, but you know it begins with a B, and you just go with it? Rewind what I just said. Listen to how I said Bayless. I could never do that again. Um, Bayless. Um, yeah, that, that guy, I don't know. I just completely lost my fucking train of thought now. Um, oh, yeah, he completely forgot to bring up that the guy had 3,400 hits. Forgot to bring all of that up. It, it was just... Uh, oh, and then he did that really fucking... Uh, taken out of context, cheesy fucking thing where the, he goes, you know, Derek Jeter is not the greatest Yankee of all time. Blah, 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 blah. And then they fucking show... Jorge Posada saying that he's the best. 
you know, it's it's his teammate. What do you think he's going to say? You know, if they actually asked Jorge, but do you think that he's fucking, you know, do you honestly think that he's better than Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and all that? He would obviously say, look, you know, at least I would think he would. He would just say he belongs in the same sentences as those guys. And I wouldn't argue that. You know, I used to think that Derek Jeter was overrated, you know, before I moved to New York. And then once I went to New York and I started watching him rooting against the Yankees every night and I saw all that other shit that he did, three-game losing streak, they finally get a rally, somebody gets a hit, and the guy scores, who's the first guy at the top of the step in the dugout, the fucking captain. All that shit that a guy like Keith Oberman, who's not a fucking team player, Mr. President, shut your mouth. Who the fuck would ever have the fucking balls to go on television and reprimand the president? You know, sitting there talking like you're in the Pentagon. I swear to God, some people, you know, you give them a little gel in their hair, you give them a suit and put a camera on them. All of a sudden, they they think they know shit. Um, so anyways, he was either, either he, he was, he, 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 he can't speak. He was either doing that or he was just fucking, uh, he was just being a contrarian just to get some ratings because I never watched that guy's show. I just don't. Yeah. What was the most amazing thing about Keith, uh, Oberman is how big he is. I remember when he went on Letterman, Letterman even said it like you are a large man. Like he just is fucking gigantic. Like he could have played. He's like a fucking refrigerator with a, with a head on it. Um, but having said all that, you know, I got to tell you, if I'm Keith Oberman, I got to be wondering why he said all that shit about Derek Jeter. Um, hey, you know what was great this week? No, 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 uh, no Ray Rice shit. I didn't watch any pregame, but I didn't hear anything about it, which is great that that died down just in time for a month of that pink horse shit coming up. Already started to see it. Some fucking bottle, pink lemonade. Just in case you forgot in the last 11 months, there's something out there called breast cancer. And it's a bad thing and we need to find a cure. Just in case you forgot that it exists. We're going to paint everything pink this month. All right? We're going to tell those children in the sweatshops in El Salvador that when they make the pink shit for the NFL, make it extra pink this year. Just in case anybody forgets. Um, oh, Jesus. I thought I was going to be in a good mood this week. I'm like extra cunty here. Did you guys watch any, any of the uh, the NFL football? I um, I did my usual. I told you, my new thing. I watched the early game and I tape another one. I watched the 4 o'clock game and I tape another 4 o'clock game. And then I tape the Sunday night game. And then I watched the uh, 1 1 o'clock, 1 4 o'clock. Then I watched the Monday night game. And then Tuesday, I watched the 1 o'clock game. Wednesday, I watched the 4 o'clock game. Thursday, I watched Thursday night football. Friday, I watched Sunday night football. And then Saturday, I watched the college football. It's fucking brilliant. I can't believe how many years I had a fucking DVR before I figured out to do that. It's perfect. So, this is what I watched this week. I watched the Jets versus the Lions and I taped the Packers versus the Bears and then I you know, I know what you're thinking Bill why the fuck why didn't you just tape the fucking Jets game and actually watch the Bears Packers one of the oldest rivalries in the National Football League why didn't you do that 
And it's because, you know, Patriots are in the AFC East, and I just wanted to see how we would match up against the Jets. I've watched them two weeks in a row. I think we're going to have a, we're going to have trouble with them because, uh, I don't know, we had trouble with the Raiders. <laughs> we lost to the Dolphins. We had trouble with the Raiders. The Dolphins pounded the fucking Raiders. Now, I know this is just all horseshit. It's just the first month of the season, but it definitely, uh, I don't know. I'm not feeling too confident about the fucking team. And um, I don't know. Rex Ryan is one in three now. One in three. And uh, I don't know. I was talking to Verzi. Verzi's picking the Eagles and the Colts to be in the Super Bowl this year. And uh, I have no idea. Everybody just kind of. Seattle blew me away the first week. So did the 49ers. And now both of them are looking kind of. I'm not saying they're bad, but they don't look unbeatable. And um, I don't know. The 49ers look fucking terrible today. As did the uh, – what the fuck? Jesus Christ, I watched so many fucking games. Who the hell were they playing? They beat the Eagles. The Eagles look terrible today. Fucking terrible. It's like nobody wanted to win the game. I'm like, these are two of the elite teams in, in, in the fucking league. I mean, how many times – 49ers taking all those penalties, Kaepernick. They got a giant clock. You see the play clock. The fucking guy lets it run down like two, three times during the game. I don't know. I don't fucking, you know something? The Eagles are the Eagles. I don't believe in their coach and I don't believe in their quarterback. I just don't. He just doesn't seem like a, uh, you know, and if he goes down, who do you got? You got Mark Sanchez. All right who used to be a jet. So he's got that curse on him. And then he went to the fucking Eagles. Who did fucking Mark Sanchez piss off that he goes to the two fucking most cursed goddamn teams in the NFL, both in green. Well, that's a good thing. He went from the jets to the fucking, uh, Eagles. I guess the only good thing about that trade is he didn't have to buy some new boxes. (laughs) I know. I know. I'm talking a lot of shit this week, and as you can tell, I don't know any of the players' names. Anytime I watch the Jets, all I, I watch uh, DeBrickashaw fucking Ferguson. That's all the only guy I watch. I just watch a man handle somebody on the outside of the line there. And other than that, I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I always get a little bored with football by the end of September because I just absolutely fucking OD on it. And uh, but then what the cure is, is now they're going to dress him up like a bunch of new, you know, newborn baby girls for the next month. And, um, you know, which, of course, is going to just fucking annoy the shit out of me. I, you know, this infiltration of the NFL with all of this shit, I'm telling you, they're going to. They just they're they're gradually women are gradually going to take over the NFL. This is my prediction. Where Paul Verzi predicts Super Bowl winners, I like to predict random shit. Like my prediction to Paul is that Rex Ryan is going to have an altercation with a fan this year. I don't think physical. I think he's gonna he's he's gonna have a fuck you fuck you fight that is going to be caught on camera either as he walks out of a stadium, his or somebody else's. Or it's going to be outside like a Hooters or a Waffle House. All depends. Um, okay, one in three. 
you know, the heat's getting turned up, and, and he is, uh, that guy's wired. He's got a short fuse, okay? And I can relate to that. So I know he, he's, people are going to start saying shit to him, and he is going to fucking snap because that's the way he's wired. And uh, I don't wish it on the guy, but uh, whatever he says is going to be fucking great and probably put on a T-shirt. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I'm predicting that. That's one of my, that's my first prediction for this year. If you just want who's going to fucking, you know, lead the league in rushing, you go listen to the Verzi effect, all right? If you want to hear the fucking, I don't know, flying saucer Illuminati shit, you listen to this one, all right? And if something comes in, I'll say I got lucky. That's the difference right now between me, a goddamn gentleman, and that fucking animal from New Jersey, Paul Verzi. <laughs> now, listen to the Verzi effect. He actually, he's pretty good at picking a Super Bowl guy. Super Bowl guy, Super Bowl team. All right, so here we go. That's my first prediction. Rex Ryan is going to have a, an altercation with the fan uh, that is going to get him fined. Or at the very least, put on TMZ. All right, number two, my next prediction is over the next 10 years, women will infiltrate infiltrate the NFL to the point that um, they, they're going to fucking ruin it. They're going to ruin it. I don't understand why they have to be a part of it. Is this sexist? I don't understand. I don't get it. It's a men's football league. Can we just have one thing? They're gradually creeping in. They got the whole month of October with the fucking, uh, with the pink stuff. They got that. And now, now they got the ladies. They got them down on the sidelines. They got to go down to them every fucking 10 minutes. Check in on them. What do you think there, Ethel? Well, he, they're saying it's a high ankle sprain and he's wincing in pain and he cannot put any weight on it. That's all I got down here in the sidelines. Thank you very much, Felicia. Oh, gee, she does a wonderful job. Um, and then eventually they're going to be like, well, why can't we be in the booth? Then they'll be in the booth. Why can't there be an all-female commentating team? Then there'll be two of them. And then, it's, then the escape is gone. The escape is gone. What what you know? What a healthy relationship is is, a, is is you gotta have time away from each other. See, you miss each other. You gotta fuck off the ladies. They got they, late, women have to be able to take off, go have a fucking glass of wine with all their girlfriends, and then just talk about how lousy in bed you are. They need that, so then they can come back and just fucking deal with you for the next six days. They have to have that, and and, and that you know, guys are no different. Why don't women start their own football league? Why, why are they? Why are they? <laughs> I'm gonna get so much shit for this. Why don't? Why do they keep fucking bellying up to our bar? You know, fucking beat it. <laughs> Look, you know I'm fucking half joking here. I'm only half joking. Um, do you know how bad I would love to somehow? Get in a room full of feminists without them knowing that I was a stand-up comedy and, and go on go on a panel. All right? With like those black frame glasses and just start saying over the top ridiculous shit like I just said. Right? 
and just just see how mad I could make them. Oh, God, those are the things I fantasize about. Like, if I had the ability, like one of those fucking... Who are those fucking nerds that nobody understands and they can make fire and ice? You know, they make the, they made like 20 movies. Halle Berry's in it. And she has all white hair. The fucking, the mutants there. <laughs> nobody understands us. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fucking metaphor for nerds and racism. I got it. The first 18 of them. Jesus Christ, just get on with the karate. What the fuck are they called? Not the impossibles. Oh, my God. I have no short-term memory. I keep thinking the Fantastic Four. Like, for some reason, I keep picturing them all in blue. What are they called? The Expendables. The Impossibles. The Mutants. Uh, It'll come to me. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. And then the guy from Star Trek is one of the guys, and he's in a wheelchair. Oh, my God. What the fuck are they called? Begins with an I, doesn't it? Invincible. Whatever. I don't fucking know. I don't even remember what my goddamn point was. This is, this is, this is why I'm a comedian. This, like, this, this, can you imagine if I actually had a responsible job? The fuck was I talking about? I was talking about women pissing them off. Oh, then I said black frame glasses, and then that made me thinking of that fucking Rex Reed guy who's actually a critic on the gong show. He's not the Fantastic Four guy. But his last name, his name was Reed, wasn't it? I don't fucking know. Speaking of Reeds, I went to Griffith Park the other day. Every once in a while, I'll drive all the way over there. And uh, there was this Asian couple. And one had a clarinet, and another one had a saxophone. And the woman with the clarinet was killing it. And she was standing about 20 feet away from her husband who was blowing fucking clams. All right. Fucking clams. And uh, it was fucking hilarious to me because I don't know if he was just out of practice or whatever, but it just cracked me up that she was walking away from him because she was playing so nicely. I can only imagine how, like, the fact that she's actually a musician, how bad his playing must have sound to her pitch-perfect fucking ears. But she loved the guy. This is the, I'm just assuming all this, but she loves the guy, so she fucking tolerates it. But she she just steps away a little bit. You know? <laughs> Fuck you. I know none of that made sense. But you know what? You play a clarinet with a reed. Okay? I don't know. A saxophone, do you? And you got a mouthpiece. All I know is after you play a while, you got to blow out the spit. All right. Let me uh, let me do a little advertising here. Jesus Christ, I got the yips. I was doing great there for a minute. Oh, I was doing great there. All right. Let's get back to what the hell I wanted to talk about. Um... <clears throat> How far into this are we? 30 minutes. 30 minutes. So uh, what did I do this week? Nothing. I just did more writing, more writing, more writing, more writing. And this weekend I have um, – what do I got? I have uh, Davis Symphony Hall, October 4th. We added a second show. How great is that? I am excited. And um, we're going to uh, – I don't know. I'm going to do stand-up all this week. I'm going to tighten up everything that I want to tighten up 
And this is my first road gig in a while. And uh, I'm putting a little bit of pressure on myself. Um, San Francisco is an unbelievable comedy town for whatever reason. Who knows why? They are a great comedy town. You never know why. Why one town's going to be better than the other, but they're one of the best out there. So I can't go up there and suck because those Bergen-stocked hippies know comedy up there. I always like going to San Francisco because it's that weird sort of cross-section of people, right? You got the hey man from fucking San Francisco, and then you got the absolute animals coming in from fucking Oakland. You know, and then you put them all together, you add alcohol, and it's it's a fun show. Everybody gets a chance. Um, I don't even know what I'm talking about at this point. So anyways, yeah, I didn't go back to Boston, and I stayed out here and uh, worked on this fucking thing I'm trying to get on, on the ground, off the ground, I should say. Uh, played a little bit of drums. That's all I can tell you. Still fucking with that double pedal. Still struggling along. I'm going to stick with it. Um, you know what? Fuck this. Let's just get to the questions for this week, and uh, maybe this will this will this will spur something on here. Uh, gambling problem. Uh, dear Billy Betts, I get it. So Billy Betts, I like it. I like it. He has a gambling problem. I get it. I have a gambling problem, not the kind you think. I've always enjoyed a bet here and there, but never made a life of it. In the last few years, I've developed this anxious twitch. Oh, Jesus. Um, I think about what I would bet on and worry about my hypothetical bet the entire game. It's nuts. Should I just place a small bet every now and then to scratch this itch? The thing is, I don't like gambling. It's the thought that scares me. What? So the reverse might be like back in the day when your old man made you smoke a pack to break the habit. Thoughts? Oh, I see. Um... No, I wouldn't gamble. Dude, if you're already twitching like Fred Flintstone, bad, 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 bad. Anybody almost 50 and remembers that episode? Bad, 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 bad. Fred Flintstone started gambling, and he had a fucking problem with gambling. And they didn't have Gamblers Anonymous yet because they made those episodes in like the fucking early 60s, I think. And um, when Fred, Fred started get spinning out of control, you know, if anybody just said like, Hey, you want to put a bet on that? He would just, his eyes would start spinning and he'd go bad, 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 like freaking the fuck out. It was weird. Like he had this unbelievable gambling problem for one episode and then it all went away. It all fucking went away. Um, and that's, you know, something I've given you guys more goddamn history about the Fred Flintstone show. You know, when you really think about it, if you continue to listen to this, 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 if you go back, I should say, or if you've been listening to it continuously, I think that that's what I was trying to say. I told you how it was based on, I think they, they ripped off the Honeymooners. And then they had that one episode where they were making fun of the Beatles and Elvis. Where they were like, bug music, I can't stand bug music. And uh, whatever happened to that Georgia boy? I think that was making fun of Elvis because he had kind of fallen off. And he was from, he was from uh, Mississippi. Um, anyways, what am I, let's get back to this guy here. Uh, dude, if you are, obviously, if you already have a nervous twitch about gambling, why, like, that's like, hey, you know, I, I fucking sit around and fantasize about killing somebody. Should I go out and just kill one person just so I kind of get it out of my system? No, I think you should, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you. 
That sounds like you need some new age shit, you know, like you go get hypnotized or something. Um, but I would not start gambling. Doing gambling is just, it's fucking brutal. Um, gambling, you know what it is about gambling? Like it, it really, uh, it takes your soul in a different way. Um, than say like drugs and alcohol do where they like physically, you know, change your appearance and all that type of stuff. You know, you get the gin blossom nose or if you're doing harder drugs and stuff, you get emaciated or if you're doing fuck, you know, what is that shit that they do out there in the crystal meth, you know, you start looking like, like the petrified version of yourself. Um, gambling, there's just a, uh, I don't know. I had a couple of friends that really had an issue with that and that was just a darkness that was just over them at all times. And you went into their place where they lived and you just felt it. You just felt the fucking, uh, yeah. Yeah. So dude, you consider yourself lucky that you never do. And if the worst you ever do is not gamble and just sit there twitching, um, you got off easy. Believe me. Um, yeah, let's leave it at that. All right. Rex Ryan. I'm actually looking it up right now. Rex Ryan. I'm going to see if they're already calling for his job. The New York media, you know, Rex Ryan, New York Post. Let's see what we get. Let's see what we get. Oh, got nothing yet. No, I probably looked up the wrong thing. I'm the fucking worst when it comes to this shit. New York Post Sports. Here we go. Hey, do you guys think Derek Jeter will go into uh, broadcasting? I don't think he's going to. I think he's going to fucking fade away in a cool way. Like, uh... Oh, shit! Struggling Geno screams, fuck you at a fan! After Jets fall to the Lions. Fuck! I had the wrong guy! Dude, I almost called it! Cheater puts fitting Kappa on brilliant career. Ready or not, here comes A-Rod. Oh, my favorite Yankee of all time. Oh, my God. Greatest thing that ever happened was Alex Rodriguez going to the fucking Yankees. Let's see if they got anything. Jets. Um, gang pilot must be bleeping act together. Report card. Jets having D problems. Oh. Red Sox learn from Mariano Fiasco. Give Jeter a proper tribute. Oh, did we not give him the right send-off? Oh, go. What the fuck? It's fucking... Give me a break. We're supposed to give all of them a send-off? Are you guys going to give Big Poppy a fucking big-time send-off? Jesus Christ. Fucking whining New York media. Bunch of goddamn broads. All right, let's get back. Yeah, you know, you, you learned something with that bad fucking Tupperware party that you threw Mariano Rivera. Well, you know what? Thanks to Mariano Rivera, we fucking blowing that goddamn game. We had the greatest comeback in fucking baseball history. Down three games to none. All right? We gave him his tribute the next year when we were getting our rings and we gave him that big ovation. Ah, oh, God. You know something? That's one thing I don't miss about living in New York is that petty shit. They always think that, like, Boston has issues with New York, you know, which we definitely do. But you, they got issues with us. So fucking it's kind of even there. Like when we finally won a World Series, those 
pussies actually made a T-shirt that said 26 to 6. Like we have 26 championships to your six. That's how fucking childish they were. After fucking 86 years of rubbing our faces in it, they were going to have one rough winner. Right? Couldn't take it. Had immediately, oh, we got 26 of them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, was that a disgraceful moment in your fucking history? Um, All right. Syria. Dear General Bill, need your thoughts. Is ISIS horseshit? I mean, we know we gave them weapons, but they're still, but they're still had to, had and need. Oh, Jesus Christ, guys, I can't read. And then you, you fucking leave out words in the sentence. I mean, we know we gave them weapons, but they are still had and need to be stopped. People, please try to proofread this shit. But we're not good at stopping anything in that region. You're president and in command. What is the move? Yeah, the mood is we pull out very slowly. (laughs) This is what we do. This is what we do. The only reason why any of those cunts have any fucking money is because nations like us are still driving gas combustion engines. So this is what I would do. I would try to jumpstart more... uh, car companies over here like the tesla company try to get gm and all those other fucks to do the same thing and then we just don't need them anymore and wean ourselves off of oil and then they would just slowly go bankrupt the entire middle east their entire fucking economy as far as my complete lack of research goes is based on the fact that they're sitting on top of oil so if we just st- if we don't need it anymore what are they going to do And then they are free to solve their problems themselves, which they should be doing. Um, And as far as you saying we're not good at stopping anything in that region, uh, there's a reason for that. There's a reason why Russia goes into Afghanistan and and, and loses. There's a reason why people go into that. The reason why we went to Vietnam and lost. The only way an occupation works, and this is brutally honest, is if you go in there and A, you're, you, you're not leaving, okay? And B, you commit genocide. That's the only way it fucking works. That's the only way it has ever fucking worked, and it is 100% the wrong thing to fucking do. You can't do that. So uh, so that's it, you know? So it's just inevitable. They know eventually you're going home. So all they do is go, all right, you beat us, you beat us. And then you walk around standing over there and they just sit there picking you off, making your life fucking miserable. And then eventually you're like, what the fuck are we doing here? Let's get out of here. And then you leave. And then they go back to doing whatever whatever it is that they were doing anyways. But I don't think that we're going to solve anything over there. And I base that on Czechoslovakia and Yugoslavia. I didn't have any idea about any of that shit. Serbs and fucking Croatians and all of that. I hadn't, I didn't, and I still don't quite understand it. That shit was not going on when I was born. There was already Czechoslovakia and there was Yugoslavia and all that type of shit going on over there. And uh, they all had a common em- enemy in the uh, with the occupation of the Russians in their country. So they were against them. And when uh, Russia fell whatever the fuck that was, like 20 years ago, all of a sudden they got their freedom and they immediately picked up this fight that had stopped like, I don't know, 60, 70, 80, 100 fucking years earlier and they started killing each other again. Um, You know, so, I mean, you're not going to... 
it's over. You'd have a better chance at getting Ohio State and, and the University of Michigan to like each other than you will having all those groups over there get along. They're not going to get along. And um, that's just the way it is. So that's what I would do. I would just fucking... I would do a bunch of shit that would get me whacked way before I would ever uh, achieve it. That's what I would do. You know? It's <laughs> basically it. Wasn't that funny? Jesus Christ, this is becoming too serious here. All right, let's maybe maybe this is a, a uh, maybe this is a nicer one. Commission, dear Bill, you're the commissioner of the NFL. Ah, fuck, here we go again. What are the top three things you're doing to improve the league? This this can include anything from scheduling to punishments to campaigning to relocate a team. What would you do? Ah, oh, Jesus Christ, I don't want this fucking job. One of the top three things I would do to improve the league. Um, I'd get Tony Saragusa a fucking chair. You know? Didn't he give enough? This guy's got to fucking stand up the whole goddamn game with his back to those animals in the end zone. That's what I would do. I would give him a nice fucking end zone seat and a water cannon to fucking spray at all the animals behind him. That's the first thing I would do. Next thing I would do is I would move the kickoffs back to where they used to kick off, or I would just eliminate that useless exercise to begin with. And uh, number three, I would call somebody in the MLB and I'd get rid of the DH rule. That's what I would do. Those are the three things that I would do to make football better. <laughs> this is what I would do. I, I would, I would, I guess, I would, I would change. Um, most of the the new rules in passing, I would change it back. I would uh, I like the no helmet to helmet. I really like that rule. I saw a guy diving for a ball and it was past his outstretched fingers and he couldn't catch it. And this guy back in the day, it would have been helmet to helmet, would have coming in perpendicular, would have knocked this guy out and probably hurt himself in the process too a little bit down the road thirty years later when he was done right. Um, and the guy led with his shoulder, hit the guy in his chest. Definitely fucking brutal hit, but they both got up and were fine. And they didn't fucking rattle their brains too bad. You know, I'm sure your brain still moves around, but I do like that rule. But um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what the fuck I would do. I don't fucking know. I'd get Tony Saragusa fucking chair, and then I would step down and just say my work is done. Would that be okay? I would. You know what I would do? I would eliminate... Um, the expression, uh, get it right. I would eliminate that because it makes everybody sound stupid. You know, we got to get it right. We didn't get it right. Next time we're going to get it right. Get it right. Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, that's like fucking like cavemen could come up with a better. So right, wrong, get right. Just fucking not saying anything. That drives me. I fucking hate that expression. Get it right. All right. Let's move on to the next one. Jesus Christ. This is just scatterbrained this week. All right. Can't get laid. Uh, Bill, I'm a huge fan. I listen to all your podcasts and stand up. Now that I'm done sucking your dick. I love how you guys just can't give me a fucking compliment. And then you feel all uncomfortable because you actually enjoy the, comp uh, the, the fucking podcast. Just be a man and give me a goddamn compliment. You know? 
You are uncomfortable. I'm not uncomfortable. I enjoy the praise. He says, I need some advice. I'm starting my sophomore year of college, and I've never been more depressed. My high school girlfriend broke up with me shortly after graduation, and I haven't gotten laid since. Uh, It's not like I stay in my room all day. I have friends, and I go to parties at least once a week, and even though I never enjoy even though I never enjoy myself. I just can't get a girl to be interested in me. I also have no idea what I want to do after college, and so I have no motivation to apply myself. The only reason I haven't dropped out is because my parents, who are paying thousands and thousands of dollars, uh, I don't drop out so they won't be disappointed. I work out every day, and I try to stay busy, but most of the time I just feel terrible. I'm hoping you have some advice for me. If not, go fuck yourself, and if you do, thanks, and go fuck yourself. All right. Um, You obviously have a sense of humor. Um, what would my advice be? Uh, you know what? I think you're trying too hard. All right. There's no reason to to go to a party and not have a good time. Just go there and enjoy yourself. Don't worry about talking to women. Don't worry about trying to get laid. Just have a good time. Just enjoy yourself. Just go out in life and just fucking enjoy yourself. Okay. People are attractive to positive energy and somebody having a good time. It makes them want to be around you. And next thing you know, somebody's blowing you. I don't understand why the universe works that way, but it does. I know I am overly simplifying this, but, um, you know, it's good that you know that you're depressed. I was depressed for about 20 years and didn't realize it because I was so used to feeling that way. I thought it was just the normal, you know, just the normal state of things. Um, I got to tell you this, dude, you are going to get a girlfriend and you're going to find love and you're going to get married. Okay. But I got to tell you, there's a fucking misery that comes to that life. All right. There's a great thing, but there's also a misery and she feels it fucking too. And that's a part of you. You're the individual you dies. So right now, dude, you are the 40 year old. You is going to look back at the fuck. If the 40 year old, you Get in a time machine and sit down with you right now and give you a fucking pregame speech before you went to that party. I mean, that would be like scared straight. He'd be right in your face. You know, you have any idea what it's like to get up at five in the morning and change a shitty diaper? You get to sleep 10 hours a fucking day. You can't put a smile on your face when you go to a fucking party. Single, you could fuck anything that walks. You go down to that 7-Eleven. Look at me! You go down to that 7-Eleven, you get yourself a box of fucking condoms. You stick them, you stick one in your pocket. Prepare for success! You iron your goddamn shirt, you get down there, you have a good fucking time. Alright, you're only going to be this age once. He says something like that. Alright? I'm telling you. You're only going to be this age once. You're in college, dude. You are at like, it's like you won the NBA draft lottery. Women there are in the prime of their fucking life. Most of them are fucking single. It's going to happen for you. But if you're walking around and you're depressed and you're carrying that with you, if you're moping around like that, that makes people fucking, you know, not want to be around you. So I would say drinking is probably not a good thing because that is a depressant. So scratch that. I can't even remember if I fucking told you to, to, to have a couple of beers. I wouldn't do that. I would just fucking enjoy yourself. I almost, you know what I would do? I would go do some shit for you. 
Fuck trying to get a girlfriend. Fuck trying to get laid. Fuck all of that. Just go out and what do you want to do? If you don't know what you want to do, go out and go try a bunch of different things and have a good time. Dude, you're single. Okay? You don't have to fucking, you don't have to fucking deal with trying to figure out what's going to make them happy. Okay? Because as far as I can fucking tell, there isn't anything that's going to make them happy for longer than maybe a day. The amount of shit that you can do for them, and as you can tell, she's a couple of rooms away. The amount of shit that you can fucking do for them, and all it does is buy you a couple of days of happiness, is just fucking baffling. And I got to be honest with you. A lot of women look at it, guys, and they think that we're fucking stupid. And I think part of it is because they have um, the way their brain works, that multitasking, whatever it is that shit talk that they always say, you know, that women can multitask and guys can't. Well, I would say that generally speaking, this is very general. I think men have an advantage when it comes to just being happy. You know what I mean? Like you wouldn't know if my podcast and the way I talk and shit, but I'm happy as I'm happy as hell and I've been happy for a long fucking time. You know? All I need, dude, that's all I fucking need. The NFL package, I got a six of fucking Miller's in my in my goddamn refrigerator. You know? I got a new pair of sneakers. It's just some stupid bullshit like that. I order a fucking pizza. That's all I need. I'm happy the whole fucking day. You know, I go on a hike with my dog in the morning. That's it. I'm good. Simple. Simple, stupid shit. Keeps me as a guy entertained. I don't have their high-level brain that they're always talking about and their ability. I like to do a thousand fucking things. Yeah, look at you. You're miserable. You're fucking miserable. So I'm telling you, dude, you're actually – you don't realize it, but where you are right now, dude, is – you are in an absolute utopia. Do you know how many fucking guys right now would kill to be in your position? They'd even take two years of not getting laid. Who gives a fuck? Rub one out. Get on with your goddamn day. You know? Get on with your fucking day of being single, not having to answer to anybody, and having the option of hitting on any beautiful woman that catches your eye. Take a trip anytime you fucking want. Go wherever you want to go. Do whatever the fuck. Dude, you're never going to get... And your parents are paying for your fucking education, dude. You're never going to be freer. All right? So start looking at your life that way. And I'm telling you, you're going to have a different fucking vibe. And and I'll tell you right now, you start doing that, good things are going to happen in the National Football League. No, I'm serious, dude. Something good is going to happen. But there will be a time in your fucking life, I'm telling you, where you will be married, you'll have kids, and you'll do that whole fucking thing. And that will be its own sort of utopia. But it's, it's, I don't, dude, this is a very, it's a beautiful, selfish time in your life that you should embrace. And you should not, uh, you should not spend it feeling bad about yourself. All right? So there you go. Good luck to you. Okay. Relationship problems. All right, Bill, first of all, I would like to say thank you for all the podcasts. Now go fuck yourself. There you go. That's how it's done. Beautiful. All right. Well, I am in my early 20s, soon to be the youngest regional manager in my company. 
So I kind of feel that I am moving in the right direction. My biggest problem right now has to be commitment uh, relationship. My girlfriend and I have been together for about six months now. So we are seeing how things work. Uh, so, so we're seeing how things work, right? This guy must have spoken to his phone. Um, well, lately, these things, uh, things have not been too great. She, she complains about everything. If I'm not home or out with the boys or the gym, or if I don't respond to one simple text, her jealousy is really taking its toll on me. Whenever she sleeps at night, she'll talk for hours on how much she hates work and just fuss about how I don't do this or how I, how come I do that. It's fucking annoying. I have not cheated on this woman, nor have I put myself in any type of physical situation with her. So why the burden? Well, I hate to add more, but here it is. My biggest issue with her, it has to be her son. Yes, her son. He is turning four in a few months, but is such a pain. I know he is a child, blah, blah, blah. But this child doesn't know how to talk, use the restroom, and thinks screaming for everything and throwing a fit will get what he wants. Is this her fault? Uh, yes. This is what this guy says. Bill, I am a father as well. My soon-to-be five-year-old son is annoyed by this kid. Dude, you're in your early 20s, and you got a five-year-old son. Jesus Christ. Um, whenever we go out, her son tries to take all my son's toys and then chooses what he wants to watch and what he wants and when he wants to leave. I suppose my question to you is, should I simply continue to help her out, be with her, slash be with her? She is the breadwinner for her family, supporting her mother, who just had a baby and is unemployed. Dude, is this a Jerry Springer transcript? And two younger brothers, plus her son. Financially, she's in a hard place, so I help her out when I can. I feel guilty leaving. I feel guilty if I left her right now, since I know she's very attached to this relationship, and it may affect her. And I wouldn't want everyone else to suffer. Should I say fuck it? It's not worth my unhappiness and my son's discomfort towards her son, or should I just say fuck it, ride it out until her mom finds a job, or she trains that little animal of a child right? All right. Here's the deal, dude. You fucking said something about three quarters of the way through it. First of all, you know, with all the stress she has in her life, supporting all those other people, probably has a lot of the reason why she's fucking coming at you. Uh, she's taking out her situation on you in a little in a, a little way, I guess, there. But you said, uh, where is it? I feel guilty right now since I know she's very attached. Blah, blah, blah. Should I say fuck it? It's not worth my unhappiness and my son's discomfort. All right, dude. So you're unhappy and your own son is not comfortable. All right. I think that says something right there. That's what you need to fix right there. You need to be happy and your son needs to be comfortable or you have to leave. And it's not your fault. You know, you know, she lives with carnival people from your description. All right. Um, you got to be selfish in a fucking relationship when you're single, okay? And you're, you're going to commit to somebody. Before you commit with them, you got to be selfish. You got to be making sure at the very least you, uh, being with them makes you happy. Uh, that sounds like a fucking nightmare. That situation right there sounds why I waited till I was 45 to get fucking married. Um, so I guess what I would say is if you feel like you can somehow – I mean, not leaving, not breaking up with somebody because you feel like it's a bad time. It's never a good fucking time. 
Um, all she's doing is getting more and more attached to you, and all you're doing is taking more and more days away from her where she could be going out trying to find somebody else. So if uh, that is not a reason to stay. So if you feel like you can try and work it out, you didn't mention once in any of that that you loved her. So um, I don't know. That sounds about as miserable a situation as I can think of. So, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, I've got to tell you, at the end of the day, it's going to be your decision. But that relationship is definitely not firing on all cylinders. And if you're going to stay with this team, you need to create a new culture in the locker room. All right, here we go. Summertime is over. Bill, the circle of seasons is cruel and beautiful. I miss the summer already, but I'll enjoy the fall and the apple-related feelings. I think I had a fulfilling summer. How are you grading this summer? A plus because Billy got some sun or F because Bill got some sun. How am I grading the summer? I don't fucking know. I survived it. Kind of a fucking question is that? That's not even a question. Answer that question. Um, all right. That's it for this week, everybody. Um, I want to thank everybody for the uh, all the ticket sales up there in uh, San Francisco. Um, I'm really looking forward, you know, I need it, man. I haven't done a stand-up road gig in a while, and uh, I've been doing that for 22 years, and you do the road as long. Well, I really started traveling, um, seriously doing the road rather than just driving around doing hell gigs outside of Boston. Uh, probably been doing that for like 17 years, right? Yeah, 17 years. So, um, you know. It's in my blood, man. I got to do it. So the next the next three dates I have coming up, uh, Davis, Davies, kept saying Davis, Davies Symphony Hall in San Francisco, two shows this Saturday night, October 4th. Then I'm doing the Spotlight, Spotlight Casino in Coachella, California, October 11th. And then my next date is at West Palm Beach Improv on November 14th because I'm going to a couple of football games out there. Going to the Thursday night game, and then I'm going to go see uh, the Miami University of Miami against Florida State, <laughs> which is hilarious because I'm going to have to fucking listen to them doing that tomahawk chop shit. Oh, my God. Um, but anyways, so I don't have a lot of road dates because I've been trying to write this show, and then also I'm trying to put together the new hour before I hit the road. And um, so basically – if you're wondering how the next year is shaping up as I'm finally going to do that Australian tour, then I'm going to do some club dates at some of my favorite stand-up clubs around the country and uh, get that act ready to go. And then I'm going to do a nice theater tour. And um, I am hoping to do another European tour and this time actually add um, – along with the, the, all the countries I did before, I'm going to try to do an Eastern European leg this time too, like Lithuania, Estonia. Albania, all of that shit. Um, I'm going to try to uh, just see how that goes. Why not, right? Why the fuck not? So um, I'm really looking for. I'm already looking forward to the new year. October's coming up, right? I got to get my pie crust game together. Make my fucking pumpkin bread. You know? All fucking purpose flour. Uh, anyways, that's the podcast for this week, everybody. I apologize. I know it was a little rocky this week, but... Um, if I didn't do it right now, I wouldn't be able to do it in the morning. So, uh, 
Anyways, what are we going to do here? Uh, yeah, I got nuts. I didn't, I didn't get it right. Next week, I'm going to try to get it right. I have no one to blame but myself, and I take full responsibility. That's the podcast for this week. Go fuck yourselves, and uh, remember my predictions. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Anything Better podcast, BetMGM NFL Preview Edition, going into week number four. But before we get started, we got to talk about our great sponsor, uh, our great app, your great app, your favorite gambling app. It's the BetMGM app. As you guys know, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and uh, we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for uh, BetMGM yet, what the... Are you doing? Uh, use bonus code Burr B U R R, and you'll get a hundred dollars. Uh, I'm sorry, a hundred percent risk free up to a thousand dollars on your first wager. Here's how it works you download the BetMGM app, simple enough, and you sign up using bonus code B U R R. Very simple. Then you'll receive a thousand dollars, uh, in free bets, and if you lose. Just make sure you use bonus code uh, Burr when you sign up. They're giving you up to uh, a thousand. So there you go. Uh, doesn't get better than that. They'll put some. Uh, they'll put some change in your account. You have a good time. Uh, all it's you got a curiosity, is- Paul. I don't want to insult you or your Italian heritage yeah. with this question. But where's the mob in all of this? <laughs> Bet MGM's just muscling in on their territory, and they're just laying back, saying nothing. They got to be getting a piece of this. Hey, man. Hey, you know, not for nothing. We've been kind of running this game here since before they had face masks, you know, going back to Otto Graham. So, you know. Can I talk to you for a second? There's an easy way to do this, and then there's the other way, which, you know. <laughs> Who's in charge here? Can I? Who's in charge? No, no, no. We got sandwiches. I just want to talk. You got you want a coffee? <laughs> That's my favorite thing about the mob is there's always food involved, even when it's a conflict. No, no, sit down. We're going to go get some. You know, <laughs> Remember when they were going to kill well, At least Morgan? in Hollywood there is. I wonder how it is in real life. I bet it's not that way. I bet it's fucking scary. Um, I don't think so, there's a big band playing when you go to walk in and get whacked. <laughs> I like to do in the Hollywood movies. Leave the gun, take the cannolis. One of the greatest lines in mob history. Uh, Clemenza, I believe. Oh, yeah. Take the cannolis. Um, so... I have back-to-back bad weeks going um, one and three because the New York Giants offensive line stinks. Bill goes, I believe, two, one, and one with the tie with the Bears, and we are getting close. How about so that hard- Dolphins pick, Paul? Don't blind. That was that was my uh, masterpiece so far. Dolphins pick was was your was your pick so far. That- and Bengals was it? I don't know why I didn't say I didn't talk more shit. Bengals coming off two losses. And the Jets won like they're going to fucking win two in a row? That's what I was thinking. Your Dolphins pick was like when you go for a round of golf and you hit one, like, and you go, oh, it's the shot of the day. That's the shot of your season so far. Uh, that's a good It would have been more impressive if I didn't, you know, I pushed on the Bears. Who knew the fucking Texans were going to show up? And then um, Seattle had a chance at the end. I didn't know Marcus Mariota. I forgot that he was the quarterback of the Falcons. I still would have taken Seattle, though. Um, Paul, I gotta, I gotta talk to, I gotta talk to you about this week, though. 
Something that I noticed this week, Paul. I noticed when that. I went to the Bet M, yeah. when I went to the Bet MGM website. Yeah. You know what I saw, Paul? A lot of threes, a lot of ones, a lot of threes and a halves. You know what you got this year, Paul? You got parity. A gambler's nightmare. Fucking game could go either way. This could be a hard year, dude. I uh, I actually saw that, and I was trying to look. This is like I'm. I looked at it. Uh, before and I'm going I thought what you thought I go they're close and then I was like there's a lot of games I'm not touching so I'm thinking I'm wondering where Bill's going because there are half these games I want well, nothing to do know with. this Paul I there isn't a game this week that I go oh yeah oh I, fuck yeah I got that one so Vegas is patting themselves on the back right now who goes first this week I go first this week and uh Wait a minute, just real curious, Andrew. So I went three and one, one and three, and one and three. Oh boy, we're I'm I'm two under five, one or two under five hundred. Bill, we gotta. Well, we, we gotta, can't do. We gotta beat the book here. I mean, as much gotta, as we fuck around with each other, this is really about us making our listeners money. And who's yes. kidding who? Our egos. So all we right. can walk all the book. Huh? You worried about him? I fucking beat him two years in a row. That's what we want. This is who I'm gonna. All right, this is my go-to for the first one. Paul Verzi, you're coming out of the shoe, coming out strong with a big victory. Come on, Paul. We need some wins. They are at home. They they also lost at home last week, at home again. Good team on the road, coming home after a loss. Paul Verzi theory all day. Well, they've been, no, they've been home, though. They were home They were home for the loss, and they're home again. I'm going to take Tom they're relaxed. Brady. They're relaxed, Paul. They've been home for two. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm going to take Tom Brady for the simple reason that I don't think he's going to lose two in a row. And I don't, and I've been saying, I don't believe in the chiefs. Uh, the Colts beat the chiefs. And I think Brady's going to beat them too. And that game is minus one. So I'm going to take the bucks at home with a bounce back beating Mahomes. I liked everything you just said. I liked everything you just said. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Paul. I don't know why. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. I know what I'm taking the Miami dolphins tonight. Oh. Plus three and a half, because I just think athletically, they're a better team. Bengals are a little hit and miss. They had that big thing. They're both four days off. I just think that the Dolphins are uh, just physically a more a superior athletic team. Can I tell you something from the bottom of my heart? I like that pick. Oh, like shit. Well, the way you've been picking them, you're picking them almost as bad as me. Hey, easy. Oh, it's, only three weeks. it's only three weeks. Oh, Paul, I got a giant goose egg on my fucking head. Um, I already had to wear the dunce hat this year. All right, who I else like you that. Got? You know what I like about that? I like that you're getting the, the, the half a point, too, three and a half, and you're getting. I like that. All right, my second pick, I believe in the Detroit Lions. And I believe the Detroit Lions are going to beat Geno Smith, okay, in Detroit. <laughs> Okay, minus four. I think Detroit has a breakout game. Four? It's minus four. Oh, I, I like De minus three. Minus four. Minus four makes old Freckles nervous over here. I think Detroit wins this game by seven or more, and they have their breakout week of the season because they've been right on the cusp. I'm going Detroit Lions. I just like that you've been paying attention to, to the Detroit Lions, as you call them. The Detroit. Did you, did you hear what their coach said? Dude, that guy is the best. He just goes, he, he puts the thing down and he goes, he goes, no, no, I don't sleep. 
He goes, after wins or losses, I don't sleep. <laughs> and dude, he meant it. His face, he goes, no, he goes, if we win, I, I don't sleep. If we lose, I don't sleep. He goes, it's, it's a quick hour nap. It's back to work planning. We just got a plan. I was like, that guy, if that guy's not divorced by week eight. <laughs> that All right, I got one for you, Paul. All right. I got, I'll tell you who I'm taking. Uh-oh. I'm taking the Titans getting three and a half. Ooh, so that was in Indy. In Indy, because I'll tell you, I, I don't think Indy, you know, they won big last week or whatever. I don't think, I think they, they got, their running back still healthy, right? Yes. Brable still their coach. I like that one. That's one of those games everybody's like, oh, the Colts are on track. Maddie Ice, here he comes. That's a trap game right there. And guess what? I think I just stepped in it because I'm betting on the game. <laughs> That's a ballsy What'd one. What'd you do man? if I just snorted this vitamin, vitamin C packet? <laughs> this is what they snort in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Let's see here. Okay. My, my third pick. Oh, it's getting slim pickings out there, Paul. As much as I hate to do this, as much as Ooh! I hate to... You pulling a Billy red face here? You betting no. against your own team? No, 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 no. Ah. <laughs> but, but close. It's close. As much as I hate to do this, the Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys are minus three at home against the Commanders. I know it's a division game. That backup quarterback will cause a controversy with Dak. And mark these words here. We got it. We got it uh, recorded. If the Cowboys win the next two, there's going to be talks to not have Dak back. And I have friends, Bill, you know who I'm talking about, that are diehard Cowboy fans that don't like Dak and love this kid Rush. But – they looked really good, man, and they they their defensive line ran through ours. I'm going to take the Cowboys minus three at home coming off that Giants win. I think the Monday commanders are going to win that game outright. You, you do. Yeah, because they fucking hate each other. It's a division rivalry, and it makes no fucking sense because they got this shit kicked out of them by the Eagles last week. John, Cowboys played good. This is a trap game. That's a trap game, Paul. All right. I don't want I hate Dude, I hate to do that to you. I don't know why I just did that. There was a cunty thing, and I'm sorry. I'm rooting for you. I want to beat the book here. But I was hoping I was hoping you were going to go Commanders. That's a trap game. I think the Commanders win outright. I'm rooting for you, though. I am rooting for you. I don't want you to lose, but I, all right. Uh, I don't have the games in front of me here. I, the next one that I have that I have on my docket, Paul, is um, do 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 do. Come on! Oh, come I on. like this, Andrew. I love the graphics this year. We stepped up our game. I could look at it right there, Bill. It's on the screen. I know, but how come the fucking game isn't where I'm looking? Um, I wanted to find it, not somebody else. I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers minus three and a half at home against the Jets. Uh, Steelers aren't that good. Jets aren't that good. Joe Flacco has experience. I'll probably eat a dick on this one. But for you know some, what? Just, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, and I don't have to, but because I'm a friend and I don't – Zach Wilson, their starter's back this week. So Flacco's not in. Oh. It's the type of guy I am. Let's not forget it. <laughs> Zach Wilson sounds like he's on the math team. I'm still going with the Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> minus three and a half. Zach. Okay. Every kid that was a spaz when I was a kid was named Zach or Seth. All right. Here we go. I'm torn between my last pick. 
but I think I have to do it, dude. I might go one and three. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is, it's always a rough one. I'm going to take the Los Angeles chargers against the Texans. The chargers are coming off a brutal loss. I know their quarterback was a little banged up with a rib injury, but uh, I think that they can beat the Texans by more than five. I think they will beat them by more than five. I like that bet. So I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Los Angeles Chargers uh, minus five on the road at Houston. I like that because last week Houston showed up. They don't. I don't think they got it two weeks in a row. All right, Paul. I don't know if you've noticed who's the biggest underdog of the week. Um, my New England Patriots. Oh yeah, they are. That that I saw that number is disrespectful. In Green Bay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The Willies. I know, but what's his face? Mac Jones is hurt. Got a high ankle sprain. I think we go to either Tom Owen or Scott Zolak after that. I got to look at the depth chart. Uh, I'm going with uh, betting on another division rivalry game. These games are always close, so I like taking the points on those things. The Denver Broncos, who I think now they're going to be four games with. Uh, with the old fucking uh, Drake, who's their quarterback again? Um, Who? Playing the Las Vegas Raiders, getting two and a half. I oh, think that uh, they go... Derek Carr, Derek Carr. Not Derek Carr. No, I'm taking the Broncos. Oh, uh, uh, Russell. Russell Wilson. Wilson! Um, not... I think he has a breakout game with the Broncos. Okay. You're not, he's, I thought, he's, he's still fucking Russell Wilson. He's driving a new car. He's got to see how it goes into the corners, how it comes out. All you know right. What, yeah. The Raiders you know, historically, Paul, for decades underachieve. Um, you know they who we both left that out? Game, and that's why they're not going to. You know who we both, didn't touch? This week. Huh? we both We both didn't touch the game that I, I, I know I looked at, but then I kind of shied away, and you didn't even mention it was – the the Bills loss against the Dolphins and now they're three point favorites on the road against the Ravens. That's a tough one. I hate that game. That's a tough one, dude. I hate that game. But you know what's I still have Phantom Limb with with uh uh Ed Reed and 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 uh Ray Lewis. I just still feel like they're still there. <laughs> so I never I always stay away from them. They always play well against the Patriots. Um, I respect the Ravens. I just um, feel like Mike Singletary's with the Bears. He's just there. He's in the middle. Like his, his the the vapor, the vapor from his career still lingers, and people play better. That happens with the Giants. Somehow, if you play in the Giants, you're just gonna play good D. You guys are just always playing good defense. You know, you love picking a random white guy from some weird fucking college, Phil Sims, Eli, Dave. Fucking Dave Brown. Who's the Dave, guy you got now? Dave. Well, Dave Brown was the guy. Dave Brown, another alias you give to the cops. Now we have. Now we have uh, Daniel Jones uh, Daniel from the, from Duke has another alias. They're all <laughs> they're all alias names. These are all names you give to the cops when I was growing up. Did you have fun in um, Arizona? That was awesome. First live one, guys. We got to do more of those. Oh, that's gonna happen. You were talking to uh, some people there in Vegas. 
uh, yes. about about going to Vegas, possibly. I would love to do that, and uh, I just had so much fun, and I loved. Uh, I I just love doing. I just what I love about the live thing is when you say something, somebody just you see them in the crowd going, they stink. Oh yeah. <laughs> no. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't it's even the live Chargers. There. You don't even live. Yeah. Um, oh, guess go what time? the over, and then you just hear the under. Want to apologize to everybody for 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 you know what? Bill was kind enough to not let me go against. I wouldn't have gone against the Giants for the Monday Night Special, so we lost that one. Saquon did have a touchdown. Uh, Jim Florentine hit me up, and Jim the under Florentine, did come in. The under came in. Saquon ran one. And of course, the Giants uh, got their uh, the the defensive line of the Cowboys ran through the Giants' offensive line like a knife through hot butter. It made me sick, but I made I made you know who I made money. Uh, Florentine texted me, and he goes, "Oh, he, he, this is him in my head." Is Bursey? Do you think? Uh, what did he say? He goes, uh, "The under over seventy two. Saquon going to go over?" And I go, "He's going to go over." And at the end, he did. And and so I was glad to do that. He got forty on that touchdown run. It felt like. Yeah, he got I think he ended up with like 78 or something. He's still two overall in in football. He's playing great. He's making cuts. The Giants offensive line fucking stinks. And you know what? This guy is off the train for a while until I see a quarterback that could stand in the pocket for more than eight plays a game. So but guess what time it is now, Bill? It's time for what? Oh, let the Monday night special win some money for you. Let the Monday night special. Win some fucking money for you. It is the Los Angeles Rams. your wife now. Because <laughs> you can spend it on yourself. Uh, Get a kangaroo and a new fucking driver. All right, it's the Rams go. and the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco. And San Francisco is minus one and a half against the Raiders. I mean, against the Rams, who we saw last week live in person in Arizona, Bill. This is a tough one. One and a half. The under over is 42 and a half. I hate all of those numbers. Oh, it's tough. Um, Do the Rams go back to back? Does, does McVay have them back? Does the Back to back division wins. Or who the what the 49ers do last week? They killed somebody last week, didn't they? Andrew, you have that score? Uh 49ers. Jimmy G. Dude, these things, all of these games this week, three and a half, two and a half, one and a half. What the fuck? I'll tell you, Paul, it's a wide open year this year. Um Niners, it was uh it was 10 to 11. 10 to 11? 10 yeah, to 11. And who'd they play? Who'd they play? It was 10 the, Broncos. the Broncos. Yeah, that was the Sunday night game. Watch that. Oh, play. the Broncos won. The Broncos won by one. By one, yeah. Oh, there's my homecoming theory. Jimmy G. Jimmy G against that fucking lunatic, number 99. That guy's going to be in his kitchen all fucking day, Paul. Cooper, <laughs> Cup, Cooper Cup to get one. That's That's, I mean... Sure Cooper thing. Cup That's to a get a game. touchdown? Yeah. Cooper Cup to get one. Donald to get a sack. No, they're not going to let us do that. And Jimmy G to uh, make the women all swoon. Um, who do you like to win the game? I, I'm feeling 49ers. 
it's so for me, that's a flip of a coin. I'll go Niners with you. You went, you went Giants with me last week. I'll go Niners with you at home. Jimmy G, Italian kid, hard for me to lay off. Let's do it. I hate this game, Paul. I hate this game because I think the Rams have a better, they have a better quarterback. I like um, over 42 and a half. I like over it. You know what? These games have been real stingy lately, Paul. I think one of them's got to go nuts here. I'll take the over. Rooting for points. So what do we do here? We go. We can either go over Cooper Cup and Rams or over Cooper Cup. That's not easy to say. Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup. And uh, 49ers. Do you want to go Cooper Cup touchdown or Jimmy G throwing one? I don't want to go Jimmy G throwing one. All right. So we'll go, oh, Andrew, so we'll go over Niners to cover one and a half and Cooper Cup to get one. You don't think the Rams are going to win that game? They actually have a full-size quarterback, Paul. Jimmy G's a little undersized. They have an absolute fucking future Hall of Famer with a mean streak. Yeah, but are Arizona, are the Cardinals just not good? That's the thing. Like, the Rams have not been good until they played Arizona, and the Cardinals have been bad. I know, but they also won the Super Bowl last year, and they spent like $90 zillion on five different players. They are stacked, you know? It's not cheating, I, Paul. They just found a way around the salary cap. That's all. No one ever thought to do stuff like that, so it's not cheating. Unless Bill Belichick and Bob Kraft did it. Then they'd be like, typical fucking Patriots. <laughs> San Francisco hung with the Broncos. Do you know though. that there's fucking people out there, Paul? As a Patriots fan, I'm fucking sitting there listening to people defending oh, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, and Barry Bonds going, everybody cheats. You know, the numbers are the numbers. They count. I, I hate that. Trying hate to say that. that they count. I hate that. I hate that. It, it doesn't count. You know what my son said? Sammy Sosa's 13? a white guy now. <laughs> I mean, how much more fucking ever Steve? You went from juicing to bleaching. He looks like still you. fucking looking at 66. Come on. Sammy Sosa looks like you with a perm. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so, you know what my 13-year-old son said to me? My 13-year-old son said, Dad, Judge did it clean, no steroids. Now, think about that. If those young kids are feeling that, then they think the cheating sucks. And everybody going, I he wish also, everybody yeah, yeah, he's right. But why does why do like people the, go? This is the thing about steroids, dude. Yeah. Steroids, you feel like it's the first game of the year, the whole year. <laughs> you're coming up there feeling like a fucking like you're on one of those Marvel guys, with your underwear on the outside, as the joke goes, right? By the way, I got psyched last night when Judge hit it, man. But dude, they showed how big he is. Dude, he's six eight. He's two. They said he's two inches, almost two inches taller than Gronk and forty pounds heavier. That's like the biggest baseball player ever. That's like. I want to say it is. I mean, uh, I think the big unit was actually taller. No, the, was, uh, Randy Johnson was, uh, he was uh, 6'10. And he, Which, ornery. Oh my God. And they said his arm, when he threw it, like at home plate, it was like ridiculous, like faster because he was so big. Um, oh, his I'm release you, point? Dude. He was. He's probably, was it 60 feet, six inches? He was probably like 58 feet, 57. It was like, it was like Bugs Bunny in the cartoons when he just reached. Wait a minute. How far would that be? It'd be it's, it's 6'10", like, like it's almost three and a half feet. No, ridiculous. But I'm with you, dude. 
I'm with you. These guys going, let everybody fucking juice. I want to see a hundred home runs. And I'm, I'm like, well, like, that's just fake. It's like, dude, I ran into a, an Astros fan. I go, does it take a little bit of this, of the shine off of it? And he's just like, no, no, I love it. I love it. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. All of these fucking cunts, Paul, for 20 years with the fucking Patriots from 2007, Spygate on, I got to listen to all these fucking people like they give a fuck about, about, you know, fucking cheating. Like they give a fuck about any of this fucking shit. Now, all of a sudden, all of their teams are doing it. Nope. And this is what kills me. Yeah. Nobody has a problem. Where's ESPN? Nowhere. Nowhere. My thing is, why have records of the Hall of Fame if it's if it's manipulated? Dude, you can't have... This is my thing, okay? Out of all the bullshit that I've seen, people do cork bats and all of this type of shit. The number one fucking thing, dude, is if you're on performance-enhancing drugs, performance enhancing drugs it that that's it's it's bullshit yeah out of everything else is fucking bullshit and that all that fucking crap about stealing signs and shit i'm watching college games and every time a fucking coach is talking he's doing this they're always doing this paul why are they doing that because there's yeah. somebody over there with binoculars trying to read their lips which is a skill trying to figure out what the fuck they're doing did you hear what aaron Rodgers said <laughs> Paul, did you hear that? Did you hear what Aaron Rodgers? I just said? pictured it. No, Paul, it's just that when when, when fucking <laughs> I just I'm just beside myself because I really started to believe that everybody cared about a fair game. Yo, but Bill, I just pictured a husband or a father fighting with his wife, talking to his kids, and his wife's like kind of near. He's going, All right, guys, we're gonna go just <laughs> <So> his wife. <laughs> All right, don't tell your mother I said this, but she's being an, an, an impossible bitch right now. So why are we fighting? Why are we? I'm going to tell I don't you know why we're fighting. We're, we're, why are we fighting? Because your mother has to be right all the time. It's she comes first before you guys. And someday when you get older, you're going to understand how fucked oh, up that geez. is for an adult to do that. God forbid I come home. We're going to go out to. Uh, we're going to go out to uh, the yogurt place. <laughs> do you want something? She always wants something. Why the fuck wouldn't she? She probably doesn't even want something. She just likes when I spend my fucking money. All right, sprinkles on it. Got it. Who's coming over for Thanksgiving? Yeah, a bunch of people that she invited that I don't want there, but it's it's the holidays. And I'm going to get the turkey. <laughs> PEDs, uh, Paul. Yeah. I don't mind a cork bat. I don't mind a fucking Apple Watch. I don't mind a fucking trash can. That shit's all funny to me. I don't give a fuck about that. Stealing signs... I don't give a shit about that. But if you're up there, dude, and you're fucking like three times the size you should be, and you feel like you're brand new out of the box and game fucking 160, it's fucking bullshit. Yeah, I agree. And the fact that your eyesight, they say, is better, and it's a game of hand-eye coordination. Everything is sharper. Y your pain goes away. Oh, you ripped something in your elbow? No problem. Yeah, <laughs> I have no problem with steroids if everyone does them. But if one guy's doing them and the other guy isn't, and you're breaking the record of some guy who did steroids or didn't do steroids, I mean, that's it's fucking it's bullshit. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Congratulations to Aaron Judge. I hope to God. Oh, God, it would be sick. I hope to God they are testing that man every 15 minutes for everything in his system. Dude, and people on the internet go, oh, he's on this synthetic stuff that they can't test for yet. They just, like, make up shit to support their argument 
because they're a Giants fan or like a Cubs fan or something like that. Come on. Yeah. Met fans and shit. Um, all right, everybody. So that's the that's the show. That's all those the Monday same night. people. If I yeah. met them in a bar and I said I was a Patriot fan, they would give me shit for fucking whatever. Bill, I it's still one have of my family. it's one of my favorite things ever, Paul, because yeah. I have dirt on all of their teams and I eviscerate them, and then they walk away. And for some reason, I actually feel like there's some sort of victory there, even though I never see him again. And none of these none of these games matter, Paul. No, and you're a grown man with children. Yeah. If I could just have the same attitude I have on the golf course, which is I don't oh. give a fuck about anything. Oh, let's talk about this for one second before we get out of here. OK, because here's the thing about me. I got to give credit where credit's due. And when I'm impressed, I'm impressed. Bill Burr, ladies and gentlemen, this man who talked not. I'm not going to say talk shit about golf, but just oh, I absolutely golf. did. I said it wasn't a sport. Well, forget that. I'm saying, Activity. why do you go out? Whatever, it's dumb, blah, blah, blah. This guy gets into it a little bit, has fun. He's relaxed as can be. The kid's keeping his head down. He's hitting the thing down the fairway. He's having a good time. Now, now me, on the other hand, I'm relaxed. And there was this fucking three With Two holes. They call him two holes, Polly. Two, two holes, you Paul Versey. And then you turn into Mr. Hyde. No, I... I <laughs> They had this three wood because we, we, we obviously don't have our own clubs. They have this three wood and I got to bang it. And I pick my head up and it goes and Bill's going, dude, just he's telling me what I tell people. Just relax everything. And I hit the thing and then finally I hit it good. Yeah, it took me three fucking times. And Bill goes, Paul, Paul, what's this energy? What's this energy? He what are you going? I said the honest. golf course is the only place where I become you and you become me. Like, I'm literally sitting there. I could, you, you know why I keep my head down, Paul? Because I don't care where it goes. <laughs> That's, no, nah, but dude, you, uh, oh, am I in the rough? Dude, I got a whole bag full of balls. I'm pretty impressed how you play golf, man. You play golf really good for a, a guy that doesn't play golf and just gets it. It was fantastic. I'm very impressed. I will tell you, uh, golf is fun for four holes, and then I just want it to be over. Four? You know, you're not even nine. Uh, you, had, you know, like, I mean, if the jokes are flying around, I can go like six. It dude, wasn't yeah, an overly hot day. Come on, dude. I, I made you I made you do two spit takes out on the course. I got you oh, twice. Oh, dude, you got me. You got me. I spit all over myself. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just want a new pair of sunglasses. What Boom. I loved is when we were at that resort, we were like for, for a half hour, we were little kids running up a water slide. It was oh, my best. God. Dude, underrated, oh. underrated, water slide, no line at a resort. Oh, my God. And then you guys all went in to get ready, and I stood, a song came on, and I stood in the middle of the pool with a pina colada, and I just go five more minutes, and Berlina goes, I think we got to go now. I go, five more. I did the owl. I did the owl. <laughs> oh, yeah, just not. My other oh, thing, we gotta... too, when we, when we sat down, we were watching the Dolphins. And uh, and and the Bills, Dolphins scored a touchdown. Then the Dol and the, the, the Bills scored a touchdown. The Dolphins came back and answered. And I was fucking with you, hitting you with the napkin, doing the sign of the cross and shit. And I said, "Hey, Paul, I go. The Dolphins are winning today." And you just looked at me and you just go, "No." <laughs> with total fucking God, just go, "No." <laughs> what, dude? That's your pick of the year so far. That's a good one, man. The only thing we fucked up, dude, was that. 
We then had to go to the game, which was a great time. Thanks to the Cardinals and everything. Fucking great stadium and everything. I'm just too old, man. This shit's too loud for me now. But, um, oh, and I got to confess, dude. Uh-oh. When we left, we ended up at a fucking cigar bar, and they put us in the VIP room, and they had all the games on, and we all felt guilty going like, should we call Paul? Should we? But by the time we got there, it was like, and you get out and get in the car and get over there. The game would have been fucking over. But, uh you know, it's funny about that. Nobody told me. They just go, yeah, I think they went to some cigar joint. Nobody gave me any details. Now I know why. Um, oh, because it, it was that good. And and then we had to go, like, the second the game was over, we were running out of there to go to the airport. But, like, you know, uh, I wasn't going to send a picture. Rats. You're all fucking rats. No, no, no. We all care about you. That's why we didn't send any pictures. There wasn't enough time, Paul. I wasn't going to rub it in your face. Um, Fine Ash Cigar. Shout out. How about this? Next time we stay at the resort with drinks and food and we just look at TVs and we stand in a pool. No, next time we go three days and we don't have any plans Ooh. other than we just we golf every day. Oh, golf every day. We Coffee? get the drinks. Huh? Coffee? Oh, the whole fucking thing. Wait, are you coffee every day now? Uh, yeah. You know, I am. I love how you jumped into coffee double espresso. I love how you did. You liked it and you got out too. It just needs to be. Two. I can't do two. And I've been drinking coffee for years. No, because I want to know if you know how to make it. Oh, that's so. You fun. don't need a double espresso. I just like a double espresso. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a great quick. coffee. I'll tell you a great coffee story. So uh, Giannis Papas, his father, rest his soul. Like coffee, I mean, Greeks love coffee. that's why they have diner joints. They coffee is like so he loved coffee, but it always had to be fresh. So Giannis would say this story where he would go to a diner and he would be very nice and respectful, but he would go and he would call you know people, hun, 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 is it is it is it fresh? And she goes, Yeah, yeah, it's fresh. <laughs> he sipped it and he just goes, Hun, hun, it's not fresh. I need a fresh pot. Because <laughs> coffee drinkers, coffee drinkers. <laughs> No, coffee is one of the greatest things you'll ever taste and, and, you know and, and the worst if it's not done right. You know Will Noonan in Boston? You know Will Noonan? I know Noonan. the name, yeah. Yeah, yeah he owe, I think he might open for it. He's a Boston comic, Boston guy. He just tweeted something today. He goes, people in Boston order coffee like they're giving hostage demands. <laughs> <laughs> Because listen, I, no, my thing you is, like is coffee, it, you like it your way, man. No, my thing is, if you can make an espresso, I'll try the other shit that you have. This is like I've said this forever, Paul. It's like pizza. I try your margarita first. If you can do that, then I'll try your other shit. But I'm not going to come in there and let you hide behind your topics. And shout out to Bianco Pizza uh, in Arizona, because I heard all this and that hype about it. We got two pies, we got the sausage and onion, and we got the margarita. And I got to tell you something, it was absolutely fucking delicious. And they brought out the fresh mozzarella with the tomatoes and the and the basil and the olive oil, salt, pepper. It was actually really delicious. And they oh, gave we us ate like gods. We dined like gods. We ate like gods over there. Thank you to uh, Bianco. And there you have it, everybody. There is your NFL Week 4 preview for the Anything Better podcast sponsored by BetMGM. Go to BetMGM, download the the app use bonus code burr and do a bet of as small as ten dollars 
You'll get up to $1,000 in uh, free bets. Even if you lose, just make sure you use bonus code BURR, B-U-R-R. We love working with them. They're the best lines out there. So download the app today. And uh, Monday night special, Cooper Cup touchdown. Over 42 and a half, Niners cover. We're taking the Niners? Oh, did we did we take the Niners? Yeah. I hate that game, dude. I just oh. keep, I keep flip-flopping. Andrew, make sure you I listen just think back. they got a be- I think the Niners, I think the Rams got a better quarterback, Paul. You want to flip it right now? I'll flip it right now. And Are they going to win two road games in the fucking West? Is uh, Jimmy G and them lost a heartbreaker by one? They're home. Uh, this is a tough one. You want to flip a coin? <laughs> Tails. All do. right. Heads is San Francisco. Tails is the Rams. There you go. I love Unheard that. Unheard of. Oh, first time in first time in Monday Night Special history. He's got right. Yeah, he's got it. Tails is Rams. It's Tails. Oh. Oh, it is the Rams. It is the Rams. Wow, we just flipped it. You know what sucks? Somebody that turned it off. Somebody that turned the podcast off. I hope you listen the whole way through. Now we got Rams plus one and a half over 42 and a half Cooper Cup to get a touchdown. Did we just lose all our credibility? But it is no, it is. It, I mean, it's a pick them, right? It's a one. Here's the thing. No, you had a feeling with Rams during the whole time. And uh, you kept talking about the quarterback and this and that. And we flipped a coin just to see. And fate said it. So there you and go. They have and a better also... coach and they have a better team. And listen, it's one and a half. It's a fucking, it's a, it's a flip of a coin anyway. It's on this one. Maybe this is what gets us on track. So there you go. All right. That's it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Paul, when are we golfing again? You tell me, bud. I loved it. I'm going to take, uh, take some short game lessons. Yeah, I'm gonna. I gotta go to the. Uh, I gotta go to the range and and hit that. So I don't. I don't slow you down. The only time I got a little upset was when that guy hit that fucking ball while we were coming off the green. No, and he I was fucking wrong, spoke. dude. I didn't he know was... you were supposed to get upset. You got so mad. I was like, oh, which? I was like, no, no, no. Let, real quick, this is what happened. We're I got the guy off. with the red shirt. <laughs> we're pulling off the carts, and and our cart is in front of where the cart path arrows are in front of the green. We finish. We wrap up. We putt. We put our clubs back in the bag and we start driving off. And as we drive off, I hear four and this neon green ball flies past the back of our cart. That is that that is anybody who golfs knows that that guy saw us wrapping up and leaving. You wait, dude. That was bullshit, man. I was that wasn't me being cranky. That was me going like, dude, if that wax one of us. I mean, didn't say anything. What? You should have said something. I know we were driving. What would happen if you picked his ball up and you just threw it in the fucking woods? Because I think at the, I think at one point you go, dude, don't even. I think you were like, don't worry, you, because you didn't know. And I'm going, no, dude, that was fucked up, dude. I, had, I, I, I thought about it afterwards. I had a delayed upsetment about it. <laughs> if that hits one of us in the head, because this fucking asshole can't wait thirty seconds, but whatever. Um, let me. I mean, know. who's I'm telling not- shit jokes that night, Paul? I mean, does he didn't understand how important we were? Yeah, he was probably one of those animals with tattoos at the pool. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. The white trash Serengeti. Dude, uh, that adult time- pool. That adult pool was made me want to fucking be the best husband I could possibly be. You do not want to be standing in that pool. Anytime you're at a resort with kid pool, family pool, and single pool, 
If you want to see the biggest shit show, go to the single pool. That um, was just called the adult pool. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, it didn't look like there was a lot of, uh, I don't know what was going on in that you pool. You didn't see a lot I, of people throwing children in that pool, did you? No. I was worried whatever was in that pool was contagious. So I went to the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope we don't go one. I hope I don't go one and three this week. Hopefully, we have a bounce back week. That's it, everybody. Enjoy your bets. Uh, bet responsibly, and there you go. We'll see you All next right, week, guys. We'll see you next week.